Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Guys, along for the ride on this Tuesday installment of our program. Our Tuesday is always brought to you by my friends at the Nimnick family of dealerships. That means Nimnick Chevrolet on Cassett, Nimnick Buick GMC on Phillips Highway. And if you come out to this ballpark before long, there will be the Nimnick family of dealerships picnic area that's going to be unbelievable. Right there, right behind, right that's there. Awesome. Right there on the water, under the oaks. And uh, we thank our friends from Nimnik for sponsoring so many of the things we do. They're such good friends of mine and the radio station and, uh, and walk-off charities. We're live out here at Bregan Baseball Complex, day two of the game. We had baseball yesterday. We had softball yesterday. Two more baseball, two more softball today. No rain in the, no rain in the offing. So uh, yesterday we did get rain last night. The first two games in baseball, we'll give you the scores in a bit, but the baseball, the first two, first baseball, first softball game got in while we were on the air. Uh, they started the second game. And it didn't last very long. About uh, an inning in, it really came. I mean, it really came down. And there was a delay. The softball teams didn't want to go back out. They're going to make their game up on Thursday. Uh, Bishop Snyder and Pontevedra, the two baseball teams, um, uh, did did want to play. So after about a 45-minute delay, they went back out. The bad of that is Matt Hogue headed to Florida State, who's really good. Aiden King headed to Florida, who's really good. I think they threw about 25 pitches between. Oh. You can't bring them back out, not in a game like right, this. So, yeah. so I think I want. I really think Aiden threw nine pitches for Snyder. I think Matt threw 17. Uh, so that's two of the best pitches in town. I'm telling you, we were joking yesterday about. I told you the only scout I was going to allow in was this pirate scout. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw some of the pictures on social. Did you see them? Mm-hmm. The whole center row of the grandstand was scouts with their guns. That's awesome. It was. I mean, it, you, you, those guns were going off. Those those radar guns were going off left and right. So. Uh, so, so they saw about 15 pitches, but those guys will certainly pitch throughout the course of the season, and scouts will get a chance to see them. Uh, we'll give you uh, as the season goes on. We'll give you a bunch of scores. We'll give you updates. We'll tell you what's going on today here. But we are certainly happy to be live at the Bregan Baseball Complex, day two of the Walk-Off Charities Baseball and Softball Classic. Softball to our left, baseball to our right. Are you cold yet? You're never cold. You're cold. I tell you what, you were right. The wind does blow in here. It's cold. The it, wind blows in, and it's always colder here. It, it's it's Eight degrees colder than we're in Jacksonville. I don't know why that is. Yeah, that's wild. And the wind, all, and, there's, and there's no, there hadn't been a home run hit yet because yeah. the wind's always. Blow. There hadn't been a home run in softball or baseball. Yeah, because because it's not a. They're not big parks now. Softball's pretty big. Softball's mm-hmm. two twenty five, which is big for softball. That's big. Uh, baseball is three fifteen down the lines, which is good size, but only three fifty to center. And uh, so you could remember San Susi exact same dimensions. And a lot of home runs because there's no wind at San Susi. You know, San Susi's got all those pines around it. You mm-hmm. guys have been there enough times. It's the whole like the whole complex is surrounded by the, the school on one side, and then like the pines everywhere else. And that big field is totally surrounded by those pines, so wind can't get in. Mm-hmm. Here we're wide open, yeah. So the, the, the expressway is behind <laughs> us, you know. So it's so so there's wind everywhere coming so in if here. So somebody hits a home run in You've either softball it. or baseball here. That's right. That's you a, absolutely. You doggone right. You have. So it's a pitcher's park. Well, go figure. I built a pitcher's park. So, so, <laughs> so, uh, so, no surprise there. So certainly it is that. Hey, a lot of things I want to talk about today. Uh, uh, one more look at the NFL as we move forward. The NFL is behind us now. Then we'll get to some other stuff. Although the NFL is never really out of season. We are not that far away from free agency in the NFL, uh, the, the league year beginning. So we'll certainly talk about that. But I want to get to that. I want to ask you guys today, one of the things I've got planned for the show, 
Who are the, the real star up-and-coming coaches, both in the college and pro realm? Who are the guys, if you were going, if you got the LSU job tomorrow or if you got the New York Jets job tomorrow and you could have a guy for the next 10 years, who's your list? Like Andy Reid's not on the list. Right. Okay, so it's, it's not a guy, the guy. Nick Saban wouldn't have been on the list if he was still coaching, right? It's because it's the next – who? Because I think that's a fun topic. I, Absolutely. I think it's a fun topic. Who, who are those guys? Who, who's the next group of those guys? So we'll certainly get into that a little bit today on the uh, program. Um, did you see Richie Leonard's comments? <laughs> yeah, he's right. Yeah, he – well, but I think there's some significance to that. And I, and I – Gator fans don't want to hear it. I'm a Gator fan. I didn't want to hear it. But I think there's some significance. Did Lauren, did you see the comments that Richie I Leonard did. made? Yeah, and I, and I won't even tell people, people what, what did he say. We're well, going to have to wait. Okay, that's called a radio tease is what that is. But I, but I thought there was a, some, some significance to that. So we'll certainly get to that coming up uh, later on in the program as well. So some NFL talk, some Jaguar talk as always. We'll update you on the baseball in just a bit when we come back. Uh, but a lot of NFL, a lot of football. But we're in basketball season. We're in, we're in the heart of basketball season. And I'm going to start the show with that even, even as we speak. Because I think I think Florida's going to beat LSU tonight. I think FSU had some good runs. They're not there this year. Does it ma- Does basketball matter more when you're not good at football? Does it matter more when you're good at football? Does football have no bearing? It's interesting to me because I find myself as a Florida fan, disenchanted. I guess is the right word, right? With all this happening in football. And although gymnastics and golf and baseball and so many other sports are very good, people used to say football stands alone. Well, the reality is football and basketball stand alone. Now, there's a gap between them. I know that in this region of the country. I get that. But they still stand alone, don't you think? Without a doubt. Yeah, and so, so, I mean, are you more or less excited about this Florida basketball team because – Based on what football's doing, is, is, what, what's the what's the connection for you? For me, it's more yeah. because it's just you haven't me had too. a lot to be happy about. And you know, look when they beat Kentucky at, at Rupp the other day, and certainly when they trounced Auburn at home. I mean, that was a pretty good two hours of sports fandom. I mean, if you're a Gator and you just don't, I mean, you to me, you always appreciate it when basketball is good. Uh, it, it, you know, there's no bad time for basketball to be good, but. I think especially now with football giving you so little, I think what Todd Golden's doing, he has a chance to, if this becomes like a Sweet 16 run, I mean, Todd Golden is going to be a megastar in Gator Nation for giving them something to feel good about for six, seven weeks. Yeah, I don't think people in the Southeast care nearly as much about basketball as other parts of the country. But certainly when your football team is not good, Florida State, I think, could tell you this. When Florida State's football team was at its worst, their basketball team was at its best, and at least it gave them something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I'm with you. I mean, I always, there's never a bad time to be good at basketball. It's never going to be as, as important as football to most of us around here. But I've got more juice for it. And I thought about this. Is it more juice because basketball's been bad lately? Or is it more juice because football's been bad? It's really the, the latter, you know? Yeah. It's the latter for me. It's the right. fact that I, I said this before Florida played Kentucky on our radio show. I said, Gator fans need a fist pump moment. They need a moment to pump their – you just haven't had that. Look, I love the baseball, and you love the gymnastics, and the golf I won do. the national title. You know, I mean, there's other stuff we love. But even you, as much as you love 
gymnastics, that fist pump isn't like a football or basketball fist pump, is it? For you? I mean, it is for me, but yeah. I don't share it with anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, the, the difference. You I don't mean, have people I share to, it with right. my family, but like, I, I get it. Yeah, there's yeah. not a bunch of gators out there yeah, that I yeah, know that yeah. are locked in yeah. every Friday yeah. night like and, I am. And listen, listen, when Florida was in the College World Series and in the final series and playing LSU and Wyatt Langford, that ball, if it gets over the left fielder's head, they win the national championship. I watched every minute, every inning, every pitch. I was jacked up. It was phenomenal. And I'm a baseball guy. But I'm not going to kid you. It's not like it was. It's not like playing Ohio State for the championship of college football. It's not even even for me, a diehard baseball guy. Didn't compare to that. Did it for you? Maybe maybe not, a little bit. No, it doesn't compare to football. Football, yeah. but I would I say you. I would say baseball and men's basketball. The success. Yeah. I, I find just as much joy in both okay. of those. Okay, good. Fair, fair, fair enough. So, so, so we'll I talk. also need joy because my pro football team didn't do all that well, well this season, and that's another reason I'm looking for it in other areas. And, and you know what? And that's a good point, too. I haven't thought think about that, but what about your other teams? Yeah. If your other teams aren't, aren't, aren't good, whether it's the Jaguars for football, but, yeah, so it's interesting stuff. So we'll talk about that uh, tonight against LSU. We'll get to that game coming up a little bit later on in the program as well. Uh, any trouble tonight with LSU? Shouldn't be. You wouldn't uh, think, right? LSU can't really stop anybody that's good offensively. So I would think Florida being at home, I, I would think it's a really high-scoring game, but I would think Florida covers the 10.5-point spread and probably wins like 96 to 82. I think the only concern is the emotional win that you just had and, and all the firepower you put into that. That it's such a quick turnaround. I'm certainly glad they're at home. If this was at LSU, I'd feel completely different. I think Florida wins, but I do think that there's they're not going to start off 9-0 and against LSU. Letdowns in college sports are real. It's naive, to your point, it's naive to suggest that they're not real because they are real. Letdowns in college sports are real. Letdowns in college sports happen. And I, I, I'm glad it's LSU tonight. I'm glad it's not a better team coming in. I'm glad Alabama's not coming in tonight or, 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 or one of the better. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good time to have a team that, and, and even if you win tonight to go on the road against the Georgia game concerns me more than it does you guys, but you're right, Hayes. You'd rather, if, you, if, if you've had some emotional wins and you got that letdown at some point coming, you'd sure rather play a team that's really kind of struggling. Yeah, LSU's 1-5 on the road, and they've allowed, they, they've played Alabama twice and given up 109 in both meetings. Uh, Florida's not Alabama offensively, but they're pretty close. And uh, I would think at home they're going to score a ton. And, you know, it just then becomes can LSU match it, and I just don't think they'll be able to. LSU might have hired the wrong coach. That guy's under 500, and this yeah. is uh, midway through his second year. So uh, there's Will the, Wade? Do you go back and get Will Wade? I, I might. Hey, He's hey, you got to go, yeah. go back and get him. You might you? need to. You know, I mean, he, he was doing it the right way, yeah. and all of us were wrong. Yeah, my – of my moments of enjoying you and the Frangie show, the Will Wade moments oh. are some of the best ones ever. <laughs> they might have been some of the great moments of all time. I got a lot to talk about today. When we come back, I'll update you on what's going on at the Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball and Softball Classics. I want you to know who's winning, who's losing, who's playing, uh, what are some of the updates. And I want to talk about the rising stars in the football coaching world. I think that's a fun topic. Who's out there? Who we missed? Who are people talking about? We'll do that. We'll do some baseball, some softball, some football all coming up. Glad you're with us on a Nimnick Tuesday. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnick Tuesday on The Frangie Show. 
Nemnick, your friends in the car business since 1941. Hey, we're glad you're with us. We are live on a Nimnick Tuesday, live from the Bregan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Field, uh, the home of Walkoff Charities, which I'm proud of, and also the home of a terrific tournament, our Walkoff Charities High School Classic Softball and Baseball. Yesterday, Providence beat Wolfson 3 to nothing. No hitter, by the way, a combined no hitter for Providence. They're very good, two good programs. Uh, in the nightcap, Pontevedra beat Bishop Snyder 5-2. to two. And in that game, as we told you, the two starting pitchers, Aiden King for Snyder, Matt Hogue for Pontevedra, going to Florida and Florida State respectively, um, uh, were very, very good in that game. So, we, I mean, we have some really good pitchers. But the only two – Hayes, the bad thing about that is they only got to throw a, a handful of pitches, which is kind of the bummer. Yeah, that is a bummer. But, uh, obviously, we've got uh, off season, so uh – Make it a point to get out and, and watch these guys. Yeah, so we have a lot of – and I'll tell you, by the way, Kyle Powers, the Providence pitcher, who's really good also, is going to JU. I mean, so we, I mean we're not talking – we're talking about some good programs. This is a great area for baseball. It really is. It's and, unbelievable. And we saw three of them last night. So, again, so that was the scores from yesterday. Providence beats Wolfson 3 to nothing. Pontevedra beats Bishop Snyder. So the championship game of that bracket will be Providence and Pontevedra. That game now will be Thursday night at 7. We've moved the schedule around a little bit. So that's a Thursday night at 7 o'clock start for that game. Uh, Bishop Snyder and Wolfson, the two teams that lost that game, will play Thursday at 4 o'clock. On the softball side, Paxson beat Clay 9-4 to yesterday. Episcopal First Coast got their game started, but the rain came, so that was rained out, so they will make it up 4 o'clock on Thursday. And then the winner goes on to play Paxson. The loser will play Clay. Today in baseball, Sandalwood and Trinity, two really good programs. Trinity Christian under Jonathan Murphy, the uh, younger brother of Daniel Murphy. Uh, versus uh, Sandwood, my buddy Tim Moses, the coach there. That's two really good programs. First Coast tonight, by the way, has another guy, Hunter Carnes, who's on his way to FSU, but people think he won't get there because he's going to be drafted very high. That's how many good players. I mean, you talk about the players. I mean, there's a lot of big-time players in this city and in this tournament. First Coast and West Nassau, that's the nightcap in baseball. So Sandalwood Trinity and then First Coast and West Nassau on the baseball side. On the softball side, Mandarin and Bishop Snyder getting ready to start right now at 4 o'clock, the 7 o'clock game, Bishop Kenny versus Nice, all that on the softball side. So all kind of really good stuff. A little bit chilly. It's always chilly <laughs> in baseball and softball. I, and I can tell you, playing high school baseball, we used to play these exhibition games in February, even late January. Cold baseball is hard now. You, you catch one in the elbow or in the back in a, one of those cold days. Whew. Yeah, I saw a softball player yesterday get hit in the back by a pitch, and I thought that it was warm yesterday. Yeah, I yeah. still thought, ow, that yeah. hurts. I'm, I'm not tough enough for that. But, yeah, I mean, it's in the 60s. It's just very windy, yeah, so therefore it feels colder than It that. doesn't feel 60s, okay? <laughs> it, it, may, it, may be, it may be 60 or 61. 64 is what it, it says. Well, I, I promise I, you. Yeah, it doesn't feel like 47. It really <laughs> does. I mean, it does. I mean, with the wind howling here, and I tell you, this place is way open. <laughs> And so it feels very cold out here. We I lasted it for one segment, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. going to need more. Yeah. Got a jacket in the car. Hayes had a pull, has, a, has a hoodie on, went back and got a pretty heavy jacket, and you're never cold. Yeah. You're the never cold guy. That, well, that, it is weird because as you walk to, like, the concessions, it does warm up, like, yeah. substantially. Exponentially. Because <laughs> as I'm walking to the car, I'm like, well, maybe I don't. And I was like, no, I need it. Right. And then by the time you get uh, the final uh, 50 yards walking this way, right. Boy, it, uh, that wind starts to pick up, like I'm, you were saying. I want to start with you, Hayes. College coaches, we'll get to the NFL. College coaches on the rise. If you were going to go get a guy, give me – are there a handful of guys that, that, that pique your interest, that, you, that has your attention? Who are they? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in at, at the collegiate level, if you could have pretty much anybody and you're talking 
guys that haven't probably reached the peak of their career. I mean, look, you would have to give Mike Norvell a long look, obviously, with Almost his Almost first on the list, didn't he? Yeah, to, to do what he did, uh, taking over for Willie Taggart. Yeah. And uh, worked the portal brilliantly, continues to do so, has picked up uh, his ability as a high school recruiter. Uh, and, and I think he's improved as a in-game coach. So uh, I think he'd have to be on anybody's list. Uh, I, he's kind of a, a unique person. But Eli Drinkwitz, man, I saw another top 25 today. I think it was Schleybaugh's. He had Missouri 7th. I mean, at some point, you got to go hire that guy. Yeah. I mean, if, if he takes Missouri and continually is winning 9, 10, 11 games, uh, then obviously he's uh, – and he did very well at, at you know, App State and before right. he got to Missouri. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Eli Drinkwitz would have to be on the list in terms of guys that probably haven't hit the peak. Um I don't think the well is as deep uh, at the collegiate level right. as I think it is in the NFL level in terms of up-and-comers. But uh, uh, but those would be two that I think you'd have to start a list with. I, I'm not kind of putting Lane in, even though he's still kind of yeah, young. Yeah, but, it feels but, like Lane's been around too long to sort of qualify for those. Yeah, I, and I, I, I kind of – with Lane and even Dan Lanning, have they grown off the list? You know what I mean? Have I they, think so. They, they might have grown their because because we don't really I haven't really defined the list. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Dan Lanning said no to Alabama. Yeah, I think, so it, I he's think off he's the list. Out of the list yeah. of like up and coming. I think he's probably off the list too. So Lauren, who we miss? I got a bunch of them here. Do you have I would say, I think a guy who's rising up the ranks would be Garrett Riley, the yeah. Clemson offensive coordinator. So and as an assistant coach, okay, right? So as not, an assistant coach, okay. but I mean, I think right. it, when you see the next wave of jobs come open, he's going to get a job. He may get a small school job. I, You're right. Yeah, I think he'll be one of those guys. I, so does Josh Heupel fit your list? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I would he, say, I mean, I think he have, absolutely belongs didn't on this list. Have the best season certainly uh, this past season without Hendon Hooker, but I think he's a, a guy that he's young enough to be on this list. I yeah, think. Yeah, I he, think so. He's he's almost to where Kiffin is off the off the. But he's still on it. I, I agree with you. No, he's a good. Let me let me because I think Norvell, golly, might be as high. I mean, Kalen DeBoer should be on the list. Now he just got the Alabama job, so we'll see. Right. I, I, it's a tough world. I, I said this when he got the job. I don't think he's going to make it, and it's not his fault. I just think you got the Alabama job, man. And you're you're following Saban. You know, I don't know who would want that job. And so, but I think he's got to be on the list. I think Mike Norvell might be higher than anybody on this list. Now, again, he's at a great school. He's at a blue blood school, so he may never leave it. But he's, but I think he's the really high on this list. I had drink, I drink was one of the first guys I wrote down. And when you started saying, talking about him as the next Florida guy, I'm like, eh, no, no, I'm not hiring that Eli Drinkwitz. And then the more I thought about it, I guess it's just because he's the Missouri guy. Yeah. You know, you know, because the more I thought about it, you're probably right. Um, I th- and Florida was a fourth and 17 away from beating him in his own house. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but to Missouri's but, credit, they got yeah, it. Yeah. The, the yeah so, so, so he certainly came to if mind. If he got me. the Florida job, would he bring his saber, lightsaber, lightsaber with yeah. him for the press conference? Um, the uh, uh, Dave Clawson from Wake Forest I've got on the list. Um, I think Jonathan Smith from Michigan State's a real riser. He really did great stuff at – at Oregon State, they, they seem to really like him. I think Heupel does belong in this list. But here's what's interesting. It's not – there's not a litany of guys. For, for me, Jeff Brom is kind of where Lane Kiffin is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's – he's, I'd hire him in a minute, either one of them. Right. But they're off the up-and-coming list. They're, they're, the more, they're more established than up-and-coming. Jonathan Smith is not, so I think he's on that list. So, so I'd have him off the list. But it's, it's fun. Let's get to the NFL. Who's first on your NFL list? If you were – if you were, and by the way, let me be clear about this. 
this isn't a Jaguar thing. I love the Jaguar coach. But if you are, whether you were the Jaguars or the Packers or the Bucks or anybody else, and you didn't have a coach and you were, and you were looking for the next coach, it was a young and up-and-comer that was going to be your 10 years, where would you go? Can I go completely outside yes. of your thought process? Yes, you can do whatever you want. So I've been reading all about how maniacal Tom Brady is being about this broadcast career. I would seriously consider Tom Brady as a coach in the NFL. I, I, do, I do wonder this. I do wonder if the, if the Bradys and the, the people like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are too good to coach. Now, now stay with me on that. But all they can, their, their, their legacy can only go one way. It can't rise at all. Now, there's other reasons to do it. You may just want to coach. But you know what I mean? There, there's, nothing, there's nothing Tom Brady could do as a coach other than go down, right? Nothing. Nothing he could do. Nothing Peyton Manning could do other than go down. But if they, to your point, Lauren, if they chose to do it, that would be unbelievable. I just don't – are some people too big to coach? It feels like that to me. Brady feels that way. He'd also have to coach the Raiders because he's about to be an owner. Yeah, yeah. And so they wouldn't, you know, that would sort of limit his ability right. to, yeah. to coach anywhere else. But, but to Lawrence's um, point, if he wasn't going to be an owner, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, no, it's, yeah. I mean, obviously he's a brilliant guy. I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense uh, without the, the ownership component. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think in, in looking at it, I, you, you got to look at Slowick and what he did in Houston. It, you know, if it doesn't work out this year for the Jaguars and, Houston wins 12 games, and C.J. Stroud yeah. is as good as he was as a rookie or better. I, I think you got to start there just because yeah. you know it's yeah. not the head coach that's making that happen. Right, right. You know, Ryan's is a defensive guy. So, uh, to me, he would stand out. Um, I'm back on the Joe Brady uh, fan club. Where well, this is well I hope 2. so. 0. All the, all the yeah. dollars you invested yeah, in it, I hope you can, can recoup yeah. some of them. Yep. Um, so, we're just, uh, we're just rearranging the T-shirts okay. a little bit. Okay, good. Um, good. But, uh, good but yeah, I think, uh, I think Joe Brady did a really uh, magnificent job stepping in for Ken Dorsey yeah. uh, in Buffalo. So, and you're so, looking at an assistant guy. You, uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, in the NFL, it's yeah. – I mean, are there – yeah, I mean – that that sort of where my mind went. Yeah, was yeah, more, I get it. Uh, that carousel because because um, because the, the, the head coach wouldn't be available. They'd have yeah. to be or, fired. Like yeah, if Mike yeah. McDaniel got You're fired right. and uh, for the and, Dolphins, he'd but, probably fit your but, list. But that's where I went with my list. My list was head coaches that I think are the next big thing. The head coaches, and that's why I probably didn't define it very well. My list would be this: Kyle Shanahan would be one. Mike McDaniel would be two. Boy, I think D'Amico Ryan's might be three. Uh, and these are young guys that are just getting started. I guess Kyle Shanahan's not yeah, getting Yeah, I don't started. know if I could push Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, on the you're list. right. He's you're been right. to two Super Bowls. Yeah, good but, point. I mean, he's a young guy. Yeah, but, he's but you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and, and you know, anytime you do one of these, yeah. who knows what who qualifies? With right, the, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but D'Amico Ryan's absolutely. The, 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 I mean, Steichen would have to be on it. Steichen, I want to see a little bit more of, but maybe. But Zach Taylor, Lafleur. McDaniel, Shanahan, D'Amico, Ryan's. That, that's kind of my list. Sean McVay's young, but he's already won a Super Bowl. You know what? So I don't know how and you're, and you're right. And how, and, but, but you're right. How do I put Shanahan yeah. on the list and not McVay? You're right. But, the, but I think that's the next group. I guess that's where I'm going with this. I think, I think in college, if the next group is Norvell and DeBoer and Drinkwitz and Clawson or maybe Jed Fish, if that's the next group in college, I think the next group in the NFL for me is Shanahan, McDaniel, D'Amico, Ryan, Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur. And by the way, to be clear, maybe Shanahan I would. But there's not many of those guys I would trade Doug Peterson for. Okay, there's not many. I think Doug Peterson's really good. But if you didn't have a Doug Peterson, I, this is the list I would be. I, I would. I, it's going to be very – I'll be very interested to look at five years where these guys are. 
how many – some of them getting fired because someone gets fired in the NFL. If I told you Shanahan, McDaniel, um, D'Amico Ryans, Matt LaFleur, um, and, and Zach Taylor, if I told you one of those guys are getting fired, you'd be – no, they're not. They're all going to do well. But one of them's going to get fired. Yeah, I can see Zach Taylor getting fired. Yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, if, you're right. You're right. If, and, and, yeah, because if Burrow doesn't stay healthy, they're just a team. They're just another team. So, but I uh, – but you know what I mean. My point is, someone on this list is getting fired. Yeah. It's just, but but I think I think there's a good there's a there's an interesting good and I think an entertaining crop of young coaches in the league. I guess that's kind of where I'm going. With yeah, that. I I would agree. And and again, the carousel was really surprising this year in terms of because there's that more of this didn't get a job. And right. So uh, the the 25 carousel is yes going to be incredibly deep. Hopefully the Jaguars won't have to wade into those waters, but but they could and. Yeah. Uh, um, at least if they have to, it looks like it sets up pretty well. And there's a lot of the young guys, the Mike McDonald's, Canales, young guys that got jobs that we have lumped in with the Bobby Slowicks of the world who didn't, you know, but they're all lumped in there together. The Gerard Mayos and the young guys that who knows how they will do. But the guys I went through right here have been a pretty, it's a pretty established group. Is it a different kind of young? Is it a different kind of coach that used to get the jobs? That's the question. Or do we have a different kind of coach getting jobs now than got jobs in the past? Is it the same? It's a mix of offense and defense. It's not a mix of young and old anymore. You know, I mean, the established guy didn't get much of a look this year, did he? No. I mean, I mean Dan, Dan Quinn, Quinn and, but that's yeah. the, that's the closest to it. Yeah. Harbaugh. So, uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, who's the ultimate established guy. You're yeah. Right. But I do feel like coaches used to get recycled more than they do now. Yeah. There's. There's not much. That, you know who really did that? And jump in here, RJ. The NBA never recycles anymore, do they? I mean, I know Doc Rivers just got hired, but for the most part, I got to tell you, RJ, it seems to me the NBA for a while there hiring a bunch of ex-players that we didn't know very well. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, it's now a bunch of ex-players and also I think the young up-and-coming yeah. guys that come off of particular – NBA coaches' trees, like you'll see a lot of guys off the Popovich tree, so on That's and so right. forth. But, yeah, now it's a lot of ex-players that can really understand where, you know, certain NBA players of this era are coming from. Yeah, I, th- I think an awful lot. Of, so I think that's kind of where the coaching things are. Interesting stuff. So we'll see. Uh, young coaches in the world. Let's take a break. When we come back, we got a Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week coming up. Uh, that's uh, the, the young man is going to meet us right out here out at the Bregan Baseball Complex. We'll do that. We'll tell you what's going on in the baseball and talk about a whole lot more, including Richie Leonard's comments which I think are of some significance. All that coming up. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. It is time for our Duval County Scholar Athlete live here at the Bregan Baseball Complex as we welcome in Andrew Morello, senior at Wolfson. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us and congratulations. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. Absolutely. So you started off your high school career playing soccer and golf and then also cross-country track and field. You kind of finished more focused on cross-country track and field. How much do you love running? It's really awesome. I think after my freshman track season, the coach... He really he got me excited about running and actually wanting to show up to practice every day, unlike some of the other kids on the team. But <laughs> um, in that first cross country season, I I kind of just started to break through already, and that's where I really found my passion. I'd say right there. Nice. And how much training is there? By the way, Andrew lives around the corner from me, okay. so I walk by Andrew's house. Andrew runs. <laughs> I walk by Andrew's house. The uh, uh, how much training goes there? I mean, how much how much do you run? How many miles a week? Or how do you measure that? So we are actually one of the lower mileage schools. I know Bowles, they run a lot more miles. We're, I'm right around 30 miles a week right now, and that's yeah. just 
we really believe in fresh legs on race day, okay. and if we keep it low throughout the week, that really helps us to stay fresh and race the best. So what does that mean for, for someone that's not a runner, 30 miles a week? How much? How, how often do you do it? What time of day? The whole bit. So usually six days a week running, one day just straight recovery. Okay. Um, we'll have some practices in the afternoon after school at 3.30, and um, we do one workout Wednesday morning at 5.30, and usually Saturday or Sunday for our long runs in the morning too so we can beat the heat. Oh, very cool. Andrew finished sixth in the state championship meet. What kind of doors did that open up for you from a recruiting standpoint? So right after that state championship meet, Coach Tony, he was at the meet in Tallahassee, and we had a good probably 15-minute conversation just talking about what, what it looks like to run in college, um, what, what differences it would be from high school to college, and that kind of opened the door because right after that meet, we got we started to talk, and that's when we planned our visit um, over winter break and saw the facilities, and I'd say that it was pretty awesome. And you've got your decision now. You'll be attending University of South Florida next Perfect. fall. That's awesome. And you've been down there, so you've gotten a visit. Yes, ma'am. You love it. That's awesome. All right, so how fast is your fastest 5K in cross country, and how fast is your fastest mile? So – Cross country this past season, I was battling some plantar fasciitis in my right Ooh. foot, which took me out a couple of weeks. But I finished um, at the state meet 16.05, but my personal best is 15.54. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then for the mile. That's fast. Uh-huh. Last track season um, at the state championship, I ran 4.22 for the mile. But this wow. this indoor season in Gainesville already, I've already ran 4.20, which qualified me for the New Balance National Meet up nice. in Boston. So we're excited to run even faster. You run at USF? Yes, sir. Tell, tell me about their, their, their program, their cross-country program, the whole track, the whole bit. So there are um, 10 guys on the cross-country roster, and they're just picked from the track and field guys okay. to say, hey, come run cross-country with us. And they're, they're on the up-and-up. They usually weren't good. They just fired their old assistant coach, and the new one they brought in from Austin P. Um, his first year there, he's done a great job so far. A um, ton of guys this track season and cross-country season. They, they had two guys that they sent to the NCAA regional meet in Gainesville, and they're already – sent a ton of PRs um, throughout indoor season at USF. Cool. Do you have a sense of what you might want to study when you get to USF? I think right now, obviously the first couple of years are just your general classes, but I think business right now, that kind of route, and maybe accountant or actuary, something along those lines, hopefully. Those are all great fields. Yes, ma'am. So outside of running, outside of studying, what do you do for fun? So in Wilson, I'm a lot of community service. I'm in National Honor Society, uh, student ambassadors, um, our uh, Rotary Interact Club. But I, outside of all the community service, um, we're at, I'm at the beach a lot. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. if not, I'm usually sleeping. I need, <laughs> I need, you I run need, that much, you got to sleep. I need all the recovery I can get. All right. Well, congratulations, Andrew. I'll be the guy walking by your house probably tomorrow, so you'll see <laughs> yes, me. Sir. But uh, congratulations uh, for being our Duval County Scholar Athlete. Good luck at USF. Thank you for having me. Yes, all sir. right. Andrew Morello from uh, Wolfson High School. Terrific, terrific runner. Uh, cross country and really, really, really good grades here. Great ACT, great GPA, uh, and it's great having Andrew come by here. And again, I walked by, I walked right by that. That's my big loop. Right, right so he laps you, I'm he, guessing. He, prob- he, he probably laps me as I walk by. That's exactly right. He laps so. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So it's great having Andrew here. I can't run a mile in double the time he runs the mile. Like, I, right now, at my age and the lack of running that I do, I bet the fastest mile I would get is like nine minutes, and he's running it in 420. Did you, were you ever a runner? Do you ever do like even? I mean, not I, as a, a little as is is a kid, but not a ton. It was all more to help with other sports. Yeah, I, so I, I never, I never really locked in on it. I, I always mean, liked distance running, but yeah. it was, I never uh, did it like uh, in an organized 
uh, competition. You ran some, right? You, ran, you, you I only ran like Hayes. I only ran for swimming and for soccer when I had did to. You ran? Did you run some river runs or? I've done that, but that's more like that jogging. That's not running. That's like, not running. What Andrew does but, but is I was running. Kinda, what I've I'll, always done is jogging. I was kind of asking about jogging too. I was kind of okay, asking yeah. about both. That's, to me, it's different. I've never once run for a, like trying to get a certain yeah. speed for anything like that, other than yeah. when I was training for soccer. Like we had to run uh, a, a mile in under six minutes yeah. or under seven minutes. One of those when I was in high school. I freaking hate it. I I, I loathe it. When I when I tried to walk on at Florida. Back then, pitchers ran distance, man. You ran poles, and you, you ran and ran and ran. The old theory was pitchers can't run enough. You got to run. You got to run legs and endurance and run and run. So I ran three miles a day trying to walk when I was going to walk on. And I, and I can tell you, and I did this about a month and a half, I hated every step. I hated every mile. I hated every foot. I hated every yard. I just, I just, I never, ever like. I admire people to do it. I admire runners. But it's easy. It's way easier for some people. Like for Andrew, it's yeah. way easier. And for some people, they can go out and they can run without training whatsoever, and it's not right. that difficult. And then there's the rest of us where the breathing is labored. I get like cramps in my side. You know, I get the stitches and everything. It's miserable. Yeah, and I just, I, so I've never, I've never liked it. I've always hated running. <laughs> I still hate running. So, congratulations to Andrew. Though. What a great, so 32 in the ACT. Well, what a, yeah, that's a great get for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, 32 on the end is really, really good. Really well spoken, too. Really smart, really smart guy. He, he, he really, really is. So good to have Andrew Morello uh, here. All right, lots of things we're going to get to. I'm going to get to the Richie Leonard comments coming up a little bit later on in the uh, program. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, all the rage. What's Patrick Mahomes' offseason? Does he do? I think he just gets better. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he does I more mean, commercial but does he do, filming. But, yeah. but does he do Saturday Night Live? If he does, wants. Does, well, well, right. Yeah. But I mean, does he? He doesn't strike me as he's, as the guy who wants yeah, to do that yeah, because everyone kind of makes fun of his voice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's more of a Kelsey role. And he's not. Well, no, he's already done it. Yeah. Correct. So, so, but he. But and I mean, he seeks the, out that kind yeah, of attention. You're right, too. and they are so different in that. But, but he's in every commercial. Yeah. I just, I just wonder. It almost seems like, in a weird sort of way. The torch has really been passed from Brady to him. Not that it wasn't before, but it, it I don't know. This feels like it's been passed even more clearly. Do you feel that way? I think he's better. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I think if I had to pick, I've seen Tom Brady's entire career, and I've seen the first probably third of Patrick Mahomes's. If I was in a time warp and put back in time and they were both in the same draft, I would take Mahomes over Brady. Mahomes has certainly better arm talent than Tom Brady ever did. There's obviously different styles of quarterback, but I'm with Hayes. I mean, what Mahomes can do, Brady couldn't have, Brady might have done it differently. He might have won that yeah. game differently. But Brady couldn't have scrambled and run for 44 yards and, and picked up those key fourth downs. That wasn't his style of game, and it wasn't what he was good at. Mahomes can do that. He can do the no-look passes. He can do it all. Yeah, the to me, the answer to that, I wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady. But – I would take Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady to play football in 2024 because the game's changed. I, the, the way the, it, the game's become more horizontal, the, the game, the game, the, the, the field is spread more now. So the quarterback's got to be athletic. The quarterback's got to be able to run a little bit. You couldn't, even though Tom Brady in this era won a Super Bowl, you couldn't consistently win. I think you're going to see fewer and fewer quarterbacks who can't move. I, I, I almost none. I mean, I, I'm trying to think: is there is there any quarterback of significance now? Kirk Cousins, I guess, because he's older. But, but look uh, at this draft. Yeah. They can pretty much all move. They can all move. Because I think even J.J. McCarthy can move some. He, he just can. He wasn't can asked to do right, it as right, much. Right, that's but right. But I don't think he's going to test poor. But I mean, even even Brock Purdy, 
who when he got who we started watching closely looked like a, a the game manager which he's probably tired of hearing and a drop back quarterback but how i mean he got to the he got them to the super bowl with some runs of significance against detroit i mean he ran his way into some some big plays there for detroit I absolutely mean, there's been so many times that i've thought that's what trevor lawrence needs to do yeah yeah so no question and so, so but trevor can run trevor's he athletic certainly can. so i wouldn't take mahomes i would not take mahomes over tom brady I, I, don't, I don't believe that, but I would, but I would tell you that I, uh, I think the torch has been passed as for today. I, I do think as for as today's guy goes, that torch has been passed, and I just wonder: are we going to see him in movie cameos? Are we going to see him in more commercials? Is he going to host Saturday Night Live? Is he going to pop up on Fallon? You know, I just, I just I find myself wondering where we're headed with that. There certainly could be all of that. I, my, I think what's really scary is I think the Chiefs are going to be profoundly motivated for the three-peat opportunity to do something that no team has ever done in NFL history. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of complacency. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Richie Lennon had some comments, that and a whole lot more coming up. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. We do thank our friends from the Nimnik family of dealerships. Nimnik Chevrolet is on cast. It has been for the longest time. I bought my first car there in 1982. Been buying them there ever since. I promise you that. Nimnik Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. They do a fantastic, fantastic job. Right now, the baseball and softball stuff is going on. Mandarin versus Bishop Snyder on the softball side. Uh, Sandalwood versus trinity on the baseball side i'll watch this trinity team just watch them take infield and watch them out there that looks like a really good team i I don't i don't know who's good yet and who's not but i'm just telling you that some teams have that look about them you know you just see teams look that way they they get off the the airport team boy they they look the part of it and the sun came out lauren did you are you in charge of this i'm in charge of all weather apparently so yeah (laughs) yes you are in charge of it Thanks. I did warn you that it was going to rain last night hey she used to be the chief meteorologist she's now the veteran chief meteorologist okay she has a doppler that nobody can match <laughs> no question once you're a veteran in the nfl you get to make the veteran minimum does my salary go up now that i'm a veteran chief meteorologist i've got uh, you got some pension points <laughs> I, I, I told you i told you my veteran story i was a, i remember i was a little kid i remember how old i was i don't know why i remember this but uh but my, my dad is watching the colts because that's who he always watched because united was playing and they're talking about lenny moore and uh and they said veteran running back lenny moore and I asked my mom, and my dad's sitting there watching TV, and my, my mom, I said, Mom, what, what's veteran mean? And, and uh, my mom goes, that means he fought, he defended the country. He fought for us. I said, okay. And my dad goes, he's just sitting there. And my dad goes, Rose, that's not what it means. And my mom, my sweet little mom didn't know. Yeah. You know she, she was right. She, she, thought, she thought Lenny Moore had defended the country. Rose, that's not what it means. <laughs> I, well, yes, some things you remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember I, I had to be six, five, six, you know. Yeah. Rose, that's not what it means. <laughs> I do have a question for you because I never watched Johnny Unitas play. Yeah. How does Patrick Mahomes compare? Well, the game's different now. Nobody was athletic like that. But what Unitas did, he did stuff nobody did. He, he, he threw to spots. He threw down and outs to spots. He, 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 did, he did stuff nobody else had ever done before. So his so – so it was different. What, 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 what he did was 
the way he put nobody nobody dropped back and threw the ball the way he did. People he, he they they'd watch him just just like the no look passes that Mahomes makes now. He does stuff that nobody else did. Well, Unitas would drop back and throw the spot. He throw the spot. Raymond Barry would run it down and out, and Unitas would throw it before he cut. Well, back then that was groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, so he and I don't know how many titles he won, but he was winning titles in the fifties, right? I mean, Johnny Unitas won, won the, they they call it the greatest game ever played. What was that? Fifty eight, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Was against the Giants, right? The Alan Amici game. Yeah. And then he was still, and then he won a Super Bowl in seventy one. So think about that. This guy won the was the NFL championship in in, in fifty eight, I think it was, and then was the Super Bowl winning quarterback in seventy one. Once they started having Super Bowls, so so he played he played for him. My dad loved him from Johnny United, I, as I told you guys many many times. We took a trip to Miami to watch the Colts play, knowing United was hurt. But by <laughs> God, we we were going to go watch the Colts play either way. Florida LSU basketball tonight, Hayes. Um, the Gators get to seventeen and seven, seven and four. Um, they got votes this week in the AP poll. Um, if they win tonight, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to. If they win tonight, are they ranked? Are they relevant? Where do they stand in the court of public opinion? Where do they stand in the net and, and all that? I think they have a good chance if they uh, take care of business this week against LSU and then go to Athens and beat Georgia this weekend. Then, yeah, when the poll comes out next week, I think – They've got a great chance because obviously you're going to have a lot of teams losing uh, over the next week. So, uh, and the, and they're both games that really Florida should win. Uh, c- certainly tonight, you feel really good about it. Uh, LSU's one in five on the road. Uh, again, they've they've lost five of six coming in. Defensively, they just seem lost. And if you're lost defensively, it's unlikely you're going to find your mojo against Florida's offense, which we've talked about. It's been top ten in scoring offense all year. Uh, and is coming off an incredibly impressive effort against Auburn. So I, I think Florida just is able to come at you in so many different ways. Pullen and Clayton are so consistent. Chances are either Kugel or Richard will play well tonight, and then they're going to get something out of Samuel and Han Logden and Condon. So uh, it's it's a difficult team to to handle because they don't need all those guys to play well. If three or four of them play well, that's going to be enough. And uh, I think for LSU, you're, you're starting to reach the point of the season where for some of these teams, they're kind of circling the drain a little bit. LSU falls into that category. Georgia falls into that category. Now, it's not to say they can't get up for a certain game and, and play at a higher level, but they're really not playing for anything now. They've, they've long since lost their ability to get into the tournament as an at-large, so their only avenue is going to be to win the SEC tournament. So, again, LSU, Georgia – you're really not playing for anything now because you, you, you know you're, you, you've got no chance to, uh, to get into the tournament. So, you know, how big of a role is playing spoiler? How, how big of a, a motivating factor is that? I think it, it's worn off with each passing year. It seems like I think this, this generation probably doesn't get as wrapped up in spoiling someone else's party uh, as we've seen. So I would anticipate Florida uh, on cruise control for a lot of this game tonight. I would expect them to shoot a very healthy percentage. Uh, they're protecting the ball really well, so I would expect to see a very healthy assist-to-turnover margin, and I would expect them to win the rebounding battle. So, again, LSU can score. They've got some talent, but they're so disjointed defensively that I think Florida flirts with getting to 100 tonight in a 14-point win. I think this is a really important game as far as Todd Golden's mastery of his team. 
you know, managing their emotions with such the quick turnaround. And yeah, I mean, he obviously knows Riley Kugel just had a monster game. So does he get more playing time than he normally would? How does he manage his bench? I, I think he's done a great job to this point in the season. And Will Baker is really talented for LSU. He's the, one of their forwards, seven feet tall, 245 pounds. Florida has to be able to, to contain him. And then I think they'll be fine. First thing you said, that's right. Ken, you have to learn how to handle success. And a team that hasn't had it, at least collectively, and this Florida hasn't had this kind of success in a while now. Uh, Zion Pullen had it at Riverside, and and Clayton had it at Iona. Iona, Iona. But, but, I mean, they haven't had it collectively like this. This is and, – and together, look, none of these guys have played for a Power 5 until this year. So this is this – is kind of, I guess Seton Hall's a Power 6 in the Big East. But, I mean, they, they haven't played like this. So now they, they have this collective success. But can you handle it? Can you handle success? Can you be ready to play every game? I will say this. Coaches say it all the time, and I know it sounds like coach speak, but I think there's something to it. There's a fine line, man, between if you're not as ready to play because you take it for granted and you just assume you're going to win, if, if, that, if that happens, uh, you know what? I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm telling you, if that's the case, you lose. Nobody believes that. Every time teams lose and they, every time a team gets upset and someone says, oh, they, how can you not be up? Well, sometimes you're not up. I mean, that, that's a very real thing in sports, and it's a very real thing in college Look sports. Look at Kansas last night. They got romped by Texas Tech. Perfect example. And so if you're not ready, you lose. And so uh, Lauren made a good point, Hayes. Let's see if t- – I'm not – I don't doubt that Todd Golden is a good enough coach to manage that. But I do wonder if he's gotten through to this group yet because they haven't had to do it yet. That's a big part of this. It is a big part of it. I, I think that uh, they've got a lot to play for, and so I think that should keep their, their eye on the prize. You know, Florida's in a situation now where you, you can start looking at the SEC standings and how far can they make that climb up because I think 6-2 and two in their final eight is very realistic with the remaining road, and uh, they're in a three-way tie for fifth right now at 6-4. and four. Well, if you can get into that top four, which I think is attainable for Florida, you get the double bye in the SEC tournament. You're not playing until the quarterfinals on Friday. Huge advantage there for making a run at the SEC tournament. And also, you're starting to now see Florida on that 8-9 level in most of the projections. So they've done a great job. They've gone from out to now they're in, but they're one of the last teams in, to now they're solidly in, but you're in that 8-9 game which is obviously a, a a tough place to be I think they can get to the six line and and that should be the goal for this team get the double buy in the SEC tournament be, be one of the top four seeds there and then be a, a top six seed uh, in your NCAA regional it gives you the 11 early which could be an 11 playing off of a, a play-in game and then you get the three seed in all likelihood in the second round game uh, and, and, again, the three seed, that's going to be a good team, but it's not going to be one of the real elite teams of the regular season. So I think if you're Todd Golden, you start having those conversations about guys, you know, I mean, we, we, have, we have found ourselves, we're starting to really gel. But, I mean, we, they could hit the accelerator on this thing and have a really special year. I mean, they could come in at, uh, I mean – 12 wins in SEC play. I, I agree with that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm saying I'm ready to predict that, but they have found something. You saw it Saturday, Lauren. You, they, they found something. I know it was one game, and again, I'll, I'll defend Auburn again in this. They had a massive emotional win over their arch rival on Wednesday. They had to play a team that had a week off, and to your point yesterday, it was a little bit chippy. Um, they On the road, they were really going to, in a place they haven't won in forever, all the 
all the odds were stacked against them. So I get that. I, but and they started off so slow. Yeah, yeah. I think that was right. the the, the final crushing blow to everything right. you said. It could have been eleven right. nothing right. Uh, if Tyree yeah. Samuel makes those two free throws. Yeah, but it doesn't change the fact from Florida standpoint that they walloped them. You know, Absolutely. so so now Florida so I, much confidence. Brom was have. one of eight at the foul line. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a player, particularly a talented one. Yeah, yeah. you know, Auburn. Eight, I mean, it just one, speaks one to. Eight, one I, I do think Auburn yeah. didn't really show up for the game. Yeah, I, I think Auburn's still really good. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean that that's going to happen. And uh, but again, it's it's up to Florida tonight to refine their focus and you know, like you said, put LSU away early. Florida should be very capable of doing that. Yeah, it's going to be a super loud environment as we've come to expect. Yeah, what did you think about the taunting, Janai Broom, with the taunting uh, in the first half? Uh, you know what? That doesn't that bother me. Okay. Players are players. They're going to talk and stare. Because it was funny to then Micah yeah. Handlog to yeah. kind of give it back to him a little yeah. bit later. I, I – Unless you, unless you're really egregious, I think today's athletes should have fun. What do you think? The stuff doesn't bother me. Well, first off, nothing is as terrifying as Micah Handlock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, from a, a interior presence in the pain and just his look. Yeah. I mean, he just looks like a, a, a mean guy. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. But I mean, it, to his credit, he's playing really tough. He, he's finally I mean, playing yeah, well. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I was. He, it took you know, a while. It, it looked like he kind of maybe got hurt late yeah, in the game yeah. and yep. that was a concern but yep. obviously he's fine he's going to be ready to go tonight and and again settling in to what is your role on the team that was what Billy Donovan was always so masterful about right. is communicating to every player one through eight this is your role and getting the player to buy into that Todd Golden had a really difficult challenge with Riley Kugel it was uh it was a struggle I think early on this season yep. but he commended Riley Kugel yesterday when he met with reporters about it, he is he is figuring out that you know we consider Riley a starter, but somebody's got to be the sixth man. And there's been a lot of a litany of great players in mm-hmm. this sport that have been six men, right. and it took Riley right. some time to come to grips with that. Now I think it helps that Pullen and Clayton are having the kind of years they're right. having, right? Because Riley Kugel now I think looks at it and went from a standpoint of well I'm the star, right? Why am I now not starting? To you know what? These two guys are really good, right? And there, you know, there's room for all of us to be successful here. And uh, Kugel is going to be a real key uh, for for Florida down the stretch if they're really going to surprise us and, and do some things that uh, would would be spectacular considering what the preseason buzz was for the club. But uh, but I think that's what they've got. I mean, Han Logden understands his role. Samuel Pullen, Clayton. Uh, I mentioned Hauk yesterday. I mean. They, they just one through eight, uh, Condon, they, they just play together really well for a team that obviously is constructed sort of on the fly in one offseason with basically everybody coming in from a different destination. Well, and to start the season, too, you didn't have Zion pulling for the first six games. So you've got right. Riley Kugel starting, and you've got Clayton, and so they learned how to play together. And then all of a sudden, once Pullen got there, then Kugel has to – take the seat and, and not right. start and so yeah he had to shift a lot of things around keep it on college basketball for a second um you've you've pointed out a number of times that florida state's got to win got to win a tournament to get in they're they're way low on the net i think you, you read through it yeah they're like 96 um so. are, are are we really going to have a tournament a 68 team ncaa field with three acc teams in well, the Lenardi has four in, so he's but it, I think Virginia is. No, Wake it, I think is one of the first four out. Yeah, I think Virginia is in. It's Virginia, Clemson, and then obviously okay, the two heavyweights, okay, Duke Cle- and, and North Carolina. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it could be four, and maybe it does become three, depending on how it 
you know, how it shakes I mean, out. Because to Lauren's point, a couple of those are are fringe teams. Like, you know, Clemson's record isn't that great. If they're they continue, six and six in the league. Yeah, if they continue to slide, it's going to be hard to justify – a yeah. spot for them. They're and six and six in the league. Yeah, Virginia. Virginia is ten and three in the league and nineteen and five overall. I'm surprised their net's so low. If they're that, I, it, that is surprising. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, and then they've got the win over Florida. Yeah. Which yeah. Certain, that's a quad one win for yeah. them. Yeah, it is. Um, so uh, yeah, it, that is surprising with Virginia. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like they're finding their form, so they'll yeah. probably be solidly in. Wakes by the out, time. Lauren. Uh, in Lenardi's most recent. Uh, bracketology. He has Wake Forest as the first four out, along with oh. Gonzaga, Seton wow. Hall, Cincinnati. Are we going to have a 68 tournament without Gonzaga? I thought the same thing. <laughs> that's as Gonzaga. Not, that, I'm surprised in? that's the projection because their nets like, I think their nets like low 30s, like, yeah, and yeah. they just won at Kentucky. Right. So I can't imagine. You wouldn't think right that they're not going to be in. Yeah, you you wouldn't think. It so. obviously changes a lot because so. Florida used to be out, and now Florida's the eighth seed. Clemson, by the way, is a six seed in this. Again, this Joe Lenardi bracketology. So in that vein, is uh, is the Leonard-Hamilton run over? It seems like it. Because um, he, he had some really good years of, of late, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and he, you know, he just got, you know, Bob Miller last year, and that was a massive recruiting win. So, uh, I mean, I'm certainly not writing him off, but it, if – if you're asking me if we're ever going to see Leonard Hamilton back in a Sweet 16, I'm going to go with no. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they, they have not been in a tournament now since 2021, and they, and, but, but they were pretty good that year. So, so since then, they lost in the regional semi. They haven't uh, – I mean, they have been to one tournament since 2019. They've only made the field once. Remember, they, they, forever they didn't make a field under him. Then they went so – so, so what do you do? If you're Florida State, do you say, Leonard, it's time to move on? Because, again, he he wasn't fired all those times you thought he was going to be. Then he had a terrific run. Uh, I think we all agree that if they had not lost the NCAA tournament that year, they would have been a big play. Who knows if they'd have won it? But they'd have been right in the mix. You know, they might have won the whole thing. What happens with Leonard? He's, what, 73? Yeah, I mean, I, I would think you would try to encourage him to retire. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but and, and go get a go restart yeah. your program. Last year they were nine and twenty three. He's seventy five, by the way. He's seventy five. Okay, so last year they were nine and tw- young looking seventy five. He's still seventy five. Nine and twenty three, seven and thirteen in the league. This year and the year before that, Hayes seventeen and fourteen, ten and ten in the league. So now thirteen and ten, seven and five. They've been pedestrian for a few years now. Again, you know how I feel about this stuff. I like it when people don't fire their coaches. I just that's just how I feel. But I wonder if you're FSU now, you football is in a good place. Baseball, I, I know they weren't very good last year, but I think they got a really good guy coaching them in baseball. That's my opinion. Um, it makes you wonder: does, does basket does Michael Alford have to bring in Leonard Hamilton? That's what I would think because Alford's been so he's aggressive, aggressive, and, yeah. and I think he's done an excellent job. I do too. So uh, I would anticipate the other thing too is with college basketball. The coaching pool is always so deep. Yeah. Like it, pretty much any year that you I agree with you that. have to go find a, a guy, there's going to be five or six really intriguing candidates because, I mean, obviously you, you always start with the NCAA tournament. Well, chances are there's going to be two or three coaches in this tournament that go on a great run, and so that sort of puts them, you know, in everybody's uh, spotlight. And, and so I, I, if it were me, yes, I would, I would, tell, I would encourage him to retire – and if he didn't retire, 
then I would get hit in the head with a softball. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it all along. I knew you wouldn't get hit in the head because we have the tent, but uh, maybe in the leg. Man, I think they're <laughs> flying, didn't it? it? They they told us heads up from over there, okay. so it was all good. My arm, <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> you can fly in the back of Hayes' head. So uh, we have softball to our left. Bishop Snyder battling. Where are we? Where's my list? Bishop Snyder at Mandarin. And then Bishop Kenny and Nice play in the in the nightcap in the softball side on a sunny day here now. On the baseball side, it is Trinity leading Sandalwood right now. And then First Coast and West Nassau play a little bit later on. We'll take a break. Uh, Lauren, you got some tickets to give away? I do. I heard like they're good ones. seriously good tickets. I heard they're pretty good. We'll uh, tell you what. I you, might you, be you, the caller to might, win the tickets. Lauren might call her own <laughs> her thing here. So uh, be listening. A giveaway's coming up. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Amarillo by morning. Up from San Antonio, everything that I got is just what I've got on. When that sun is high in that Texas sky, I'll be bucking at the county fair. All right, well, we told you we had a pair of tickets, very exciting tickets. You just heard the voice of one George Strait. That's he is coming song. to town. Absolutely That's fantastic great, song. Great song. Morning. He's coming to town May 11th with Chris Stapleton and Little Big Town to Everbank Stadium. We have a pair of tickets to go see those acts. Huge concert coming to Everbank May 11th. Be car number one right now. 641-1010. Car number one. I'm guessing uh, you might have dialed the phone as soon as you heard George Strait's voice. So you are going to be the winner of the ticket 641-1010. Did you believe she really actually called her? So did you see her? She had the phone. She had the phone in one she's hand. Crafty. She had the phone in one hand while yeah. she was reading the. People can watch how yeah. above board I am. My phone is not in my hands, although I wish. Uh, those are tickets that I would love to have. So if somebody wins and wants to donate them to me, I'm all about that as what, well. I'll be at that show. We'll be at that show. I'm very excited. Very, very. You know, I'm. I've been to a lot of country shows with my wife, mm -hmm. and and I was really excited to go to those country, the Toby Keith shows we went to. Very excited when I saw Garth Brooks a few times, but I can't say I've been excited about a lot of country shows. Most I go for Suzanne because she goes to all my shows, but I'm looking forward to this one. This will be a good. So whoever yeah, wants those, it's going to be a lot of yeah. fun. And and if I end up going, that'll be two back-to-back -back fantastic weekends because Luke Combs comes to Everbank Stadium the weekend before that, uh, along with a, a host of uh, opening acts, and then. Yeah, Little Big Town, who are so fun to listen to. Uh, and then, of course, Chris Stapleton, one of my all-time favorites, and George Strait, the king of country music. College baseball is right around the corner. Are you excited about that? Absolutely. You're a college baseball yeah, fan, I right? Think, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go down for the orange and blue game and then go to yeah. see Florida baseball play host to South Carolina. How about that? That's a good day. It's a good day. A, you know, as, day, as days go, pretty solid day right there. I'm I, telling you I'm that. Gonna go, I'm going to go eight or nine, maybe nine and a half for that day. Well, yeah, if Florida's football team was better, it would be a ten. <laughs> but right. well, you see Lagway. <laughs> yeah. But absolutely. See Lagway in person, and uh, that Florida ballpark, as you know, Frank, is yeah. absolutely gorgeous. So. Conjuring uh, Park, looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, you're a baseball fan, right? College baseball, not as much, but a little bit. 
No? Uh, not as much, I, but it's funny. I'm going to the orange and blue game, too. So, nice. Uh, but, oh, we, but I don't think we're going to go to the baseball game. But, uh, um, but, uh, but yeah. I, you well, know, heck, I'm going to come, too, then. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, here we'll we car, go. We'll carpool. Yeah, I mean, there there, there's, there's that. But, well, we've uh, been the last two years because it's right. been on that's, the third. Yeah. That's right. We have been. That's yeah. exactly right. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I'm not like you guys. I mean, I, I wish them well, and, yeah, and yeah. I know they're good. But, uh, no, I, when, uh, when it's uh, – you know, game two of the College World Series, then uh, then I usually start paying attention. <laughs> if Florida's the, in it. The, uh, well, that goes yeah, without saying. Yeah, I, obviously, I love college baseball. I mean, if I love baseball, and, uh, and I love the fact that Florida's good. But I, I like it. Oh, man, I love watching JU and UNF play. I, and, and I said, and maybe I'll wind up being the dumbest guy in town because I, I raved when Link Jarrett was at Notre Dame. I raved and raved and raved about he's one of the best coaches in the country. And there's no doubt in my mind he, sh- he probably should have gotten the job when Mike Martin stepped down. But I understand why they felt like they had to give it to Mike Martin Jr. I, I understand the politics of it, and he- it didn't go well with him. And, and Link Jarrett got the job. And, and, I-, and I-, I told you guys he was getting the job before it, it was open. Yeah, you know? that was and- impressive. And-, and-, and he got the job, and then they weren't very good last year. And everyone said, and said yeah, as-, as people will, told me how dumb I was. won't be the first time. But upon further review – he gutted the team. He inherited a team that didn't fit him, that didn't want to work the way he believed you work. It's got a bunch of guys that he wouldn't have recruited. And, I mean, he ran them all off, from what I'm told. I mean, hey, he ran them all off. And then, so now he's got another young team. But he's got like this, the Alex Lodi's kid, who was such a good shortstop for UNF last year, got in the portal. Now he's at FSU. So I'm interested to see how they are. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's a good coach. And in Florida, did you see where Sully, did you see Sully's extension? Yeah. Sully got extended to mm-hmm. to like twenty seventy eight, I think. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. and why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, if you're with all due respect, to all the if you've had if you've gone through McIlwain and Muschamp and Mullen and and maybe Napier and the Mike White thing, even though I liked him more than others, certainly didn't work out. And you got a guy like Sully because that is the third biggest sport. You know, oh, yeah. if, if you got lock him up till 27, don't you? I mean, yeah, that's yeah, the right move, move, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so next week, uh, well, this weekend, UNF plays host to Delaware, JU plays host to Cincinnati, Florida plays host to St. John's, and FSU plays host to Butler. Obviously, all the Florida teams are going to be hosting when it comes to baseball season early on, especially the northern teams. But then next Tuesday, UNF plays host to Florida, JU plays host to Florida State. So if yeah. you want to see these baseball teams up close and personable, personal that? in town, you've got Florida at UNF. UNF and you've got FSU oh, same at JU, same day, February 20th. I didn't realize uh, that. Yep, absolutely. How so, about the same day? Yeah. Couldn't do it a day apart? I'm, the hell? I'm so you, sorry. You couldn't, couldn't do one on a Tuesday, one on a Wednesday? I, I, I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so you'll, like I said, if you're a Florida fan, you get to see them at UNF. Obviously, if you're a UNF fan, you get to see Florida and uh, JU and FSU as well. All right, we'll take a break. When we come, when we come back, um, one more segment with Lauren. Richie Leonard plays for the Florida State Seminoles. He previously played for the Florida Gators. He made a comment that it has made its way around Seminole and Gator Nation that I thought was a very telling comment. Sometimes I, 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 I giggle about stuff that's on Twitter that players say sometimes. But this was, he wasn't trying to trash talk. He was, I thought there was some significance to the comment. Uh, we'll tell you what that comment was, and I'll tell you what we think about it after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. 
Nemnick, your friends in the car business since 1941. Welcome back on this Nemnick Tuesday to the Bragan Baseball Complex. All sorts of fun stuff going on with baseball and softball and all benefits proceed walk off charities so every child can play baseball. Can I add and softball to the mission Yes, segment? absolutely. Well, and, and people have asked me, do you have a softball initiative? That's why we started this tournament. Well, we have, our, our main initiative has been teaching kids the sport when they're in the eight, when they're in the third grade. That's boys and girls. You mm-hmm. know, you work every clinic, yep. Lawrence. So you know, you see, you you're here. It's it's as many boys as many girls as it is boys. But when they get older, girls find their way to softball, not baseball. So now that we have older kids that have come through our program, we now have begun to launch softball as well. So it was a baseball charity at first. Now it's baseball and softball, and that's why we have both both playing out here, and we're thrilled to have them both. Yes, absolutely. Mandarin versus Bishop Snyder over here playing softball. And then Sandalwood and Trinity Christian over here playing baseball. And uh, by the way, Walk Off will update the scores uh, on the social, whether it's Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I'm sure all the scores will be updated as the week goes along. All right, Richie Leonard talked about two different things when it comes to Florida and his former program now that he's an FSU Seminole. He said that he was very impressed with FSU's discipline when Florida played them. I think he was referring to the fact that an FSU player didn't do anything terrible after he was spat upon uh, and then also said that his workouts in high school were more difficult than the ones at Florida. Here was a quote according to Kurt Weiler. After spending years at Florida, he said FSU's tour of duty, they call it, the tour of duty off-season conditioning program is, quote, on a, quote, whole other level than what he went through at Florida. Now, listen, part of that's pandering a little bit and you're at the new school and you want to you want to make your new people feel good, your new fans, your coaches. Part of, part of that, that's part of the deal, okay? I get that. But I get the sense that he wasn't trying to trash talk here that Florida State's just way better at developing their football player, in his mind, at developing their football players than Florida is. And to that end, it sure looks like that on the field. So it really makes me wonder about the offseason training because Florida did not seem to get any bigger and stronger. That's the one thing – of all the things people want to criticize Billy Napier about, I'm, I'm not smart enough to know what they're doing, who, who's got a better bench-pressing program, but I am smart enough to watch and see who's got a better football team. And, and, and that is a concern that, according to this, that, I mean, that, that, I thought that was alarming. And, again, I, I'm not an overreactor to stuff. You know I'm not, Hayes, but that was an alarming comment. Is it that much? And, and by the way, the real proof, if he becomes a good player, because he wasn't a very good player at Florida. No. Florida liked him. They played him a lot because he was smart. He knew what he was doing. But he was an undersized guard at 6'1", barely 300 pounds. I was shocked FSU took him. I was too. And if all of a sudden he becomes a good player, yeah, that's telling. It would be telling. And, and again, Florida's strength program, I mean, it's it's been insufficient. And uh, yeah, I think it was Princely uh, that went to Ole Miss and said, you know, we were doing more running and, you know, distance running and, and not lifting enough, and it absolutely affected us. So I think Napier's hire of uh, hockey was a bad one, uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see if it, if it gets any better uh, with, uh, with the new direction. But it's surprising that I, I was surprised that Napier whiffed on – the strength coach as bad as he did because being at Clemson and Alabama you would think that it would have resonated with Billy Napier of you've got to have a elite strength and conditioning guy that really knows how to prepare a team for the rigors of the SEC and 
his guy didn't that he brought with him. And uh, um, so we'll see. Uh, it's, it's again, it's another cause of concern for the Florida football program because, again, there's no reason that the Florida Gators should get pushed around. And, uh, and they were. And some of that's youth. But, uh, but, again, to hear multiple players transfer out and then talk about how poor the weight training was, it's very reminiscent of when McIlwain left. And uh, I don't even remember his guy. Uh, but he was a even bigger debacle than the guy Napier. He's not. In. He's not even in the business anymore. Yeah, I, I yeah, honestly he still I, lives in Gainesville. It was I think, Summers. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, what his yeah name I was. don't either. But but, yeah. uh, but regardless, he was terrible, and uh, and and there was really no coordinated weight training. And players, you know, the stories that came out after McElwain was fired were that players were going on their own to private gyms uh, to get their training in because it was so lackluster. Uh, what the regiment was under McElwain. Well, that was one thing Mullen got right. He brings in Nick Savage. Savage right. was fantastic. It's a shame that Napier didn't just keep Savage because I think he would have uh, been way further ahead. I do, too. I do, too. Um, but, uh, but he didn't, and so now it's, uh, it's another area that Florida's got to get better in, uh, and, and we'll see. But I don't think it's Richie Leonard pandering. I mean, I, I, and I get what you're saying. That, that does tend to happen. But I don't know. I, I think Richie Leonard's being dead serious because it's what multiple players have said that have left the program this year that the strength and conditioning program under Billy Napier was a farce. You thought when you were hiring Napier, you were getting the masterful CEO, excellent recruiter, and good game in game coach as well. Frank, of those things, I think the only thing he's he's proven so far that he is is a good recruiter. I mean, he was given all the resources to be this CEO and have the army of staff and all that stuff. And I, I don't know, I don't know that there's much to show for it. Well, and certainly back to the development side. Look, watch on the field. I mean, Florida State's players are developed. I mean, the Florida State number one, they're picking the right guys. That's always first. But look at look at how good they are when they get there, man. I mean, part of it is you're you're getting the right guys in the portal. But man, they all fit and they're all, uh, yeah. I, I again, I, I, that was an alarming comment to me, and because and I and I know it's a different level. I get it. It was it was the Sun Belt or whatever the league it was, but all those things looked like they were good. He liked he got those things so right at Louisiana. They recruited the right guys. That they played with. A, they weren't very exotic on offense, but it looked like they there was a toughness. That they were physical. They they looked like a football team. It looked, I got the I got the impression they might not be very fancy on offense at Florida, but they would be tough and they would be physical. And they, didn't you? Yeah. That they that they would be all the football stuff that the football people talk about because they're football people because that's what football people do. Because maybe you don't understand. We're a football guy. Yeah. Right. I thought they'd be good at all that. Well, and it's surprising because Billy Napier's dad was a high yes. school coach. And he's under And that's saving. where the weight program means yeah. the most. Right. Because right. that's when you're really developing from those ages of 14 through 17, 18. And so, you know, a great high school football program is going to start with a great workout regimen and great strength training uh, because it, without it, you've got no chance of winning at, at the high school level. Uh, and it's amazing to me, with Billy Napier's dad being a longtime high school football coach, right. that it wasn't something that Billy Napier knocked out of the park. I mean, the fact that you know that that it's been such a miss for him 
it's just it's shocking. But it, yeah. that hadn't been the only thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> but but I, I just listen. <laughs> you know me. I'm the I'm the I'm the don't fire the coach guy. I'm always the don't fire the coach guy. That comment bothered me. I I, I tell you, because because listen, they're they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose a lot of games this year. And like hey, the point we made last week. Anybody with that schedule would lose a lot of games. It would lose some games. This is a – it's almost a comically hard schedule. It's comical that you're playing Florida State, Miami, UCF in the same year when you have to play at Texas and, and Ole Miss and your normal SEC schedule. So it's comical. Of Schleybaugh's top 25, Florida plays nine ranked teams. Not Nine. They only play twelve games, right? Yeah, you know, and so nine of them are ranked. You know, so so and one of them that isn't is UCF. Yeah, right. So I mean, who's pretty who's good? A, certainly capable of beating Florida. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So it's a it's comical that, but I. Uh, so we'll see. And and I've now gone. Here's how I've gone full circle. I now find my expectation being that he will not be the Florida football coach in twenty five, and I was not there before. I don't know what's changed with me. And I want to be wrong. I'm still rooting for him to make it, but and but I'm still I don't know. There's just this vibe of that that comment today, yeah. uh, the strength coach leaving, which it wasn't his fault, but it happened. The I don't know. It, it's I think, all I think, coming to. Case. I think the only thing that's going to save Billy Napier is if DJ Lagway is special. Yeah. If he is a special player immediately, then even in a supplemental role to Mertz. I think that could be yeah. the difference in a couple of wins that he may not have gotten. And if Lagway looks the part and they get to seven wins, they're probably not moving on from Napier. And, and, and let, and let because me s- you're going to lose, obviously, to your yeah. point from a couple weeks ago. The day you fire Napier, Lagway enters the portal. Yeah, so if you think you have a superstar in right. DJ Lagway, you're probably going to give Napier a little bit more slack than you would if – but he can't go. Five. I mean, yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter what Lagway. If he goes five and seven, he's out. And let me, and let me say this: um, for everybody that are listening to us right now, and are saying, "Well, that's good. Good. I'm glad Frank's finally on the right side. I'm glad Frank finally came around." <laughs> it's not good if you fire your coach. No. That means you're bringing. That means you're starting all over again. You're bringing in a brand new guy again. You're, who knows if he's going to be any good? You're not exactly. You're not exactly picking between Saban and Dabo when you when you hire a coach. So, you know, Lauren, I, I think people are thinking, well, good. I'm glad Frank feels the way I do now. Now we'll get that guy out of here. It's not good if you – firing Billy Napier will not be a good thing. Even if, even if you want to see a change, it, that's not good. The, the best thing for Florida would be for Billy Napier to go 8-5. and five Correct. Or better. Correct. And keep his job. Uh, I think the, the difference between Florida and Florida State when we're talking about their programs is – Florida has two players invited to the NFL Combine, and Florida State has 12. Well, isn't, that, isn't that great proof? Like that's, that's isn't that great proof? Of what, all of, you need to know of, about of, where the two programs are right now. Of today's comment, even, Lauren. But Florida had no seniors. Yeah, so, yeah. like, that yeah. like that, that doesn't, like, to me, you, you knew they weren't going to have a lot of, I mean, they we talked about it when yeah. they had senior day. They had, like, four guys but, participate. But, but, part, but, so, the, but I mean, part of that's but part of that's Lauren's point is they didn't have any seniors because they didn't get any in the portal because, they, you know, because he didn't, he didn't build it, you know, so, so. Yeah, so that that is kind of an indictment. Prince like Uman Mielin could have declared for the draft yeah. and instead yeah. chose to so, go somewhere else. So, so so it's an indictment of sorts, you know. You're, it's not an it's not an indictment of this roster, but it's an indictment of him that that was the roster. You know, everybody's got seniors now, you know, because they go get them. They go get the senior from whatever school they go to. They get him from Albany. He they was get convinced he had five years. Correct, correct. And, and you know what? That's probably right. So so we'll see. We'll see. I I just I just saw that comment from Richie Leonard, and I'm thinking. 
my, my first thought is, I don't know that, you know, don't tell me that on top of everything else, they're also not developing. The one thing I assumed is that he had a, a great strength program, and if he ever got those freshmen into where they're sophomores, juniors, and seniors, they'd be pretty good. But, I mean, he has two offensive line coaches, and the offensive line was one of the worst in the I know, SEC. I know. So I think that goes to show you that they're well, not being developed and they're well, not in the weight room. Well, the other proof of that too, Lauren, is that he, that he changed coaches after one year, or after two years. After two years, he changed his strength coach. Whether he was forced to or not, after two years, he changes. She changed strength coaches. I mean, that's the that's the proof of that. So, uh, so, so a guy yeah. they paid seven hundred and fifty grand to a year. Yeah, and he's not any good. Yeah, good hire. Yeah, so real so we'll, good hire there. So we'll see. What and they can't fire him. So yeah, you know, so he's <laughs> assigned some ridiculous title of like director yeah, of that. tactics and motivation. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I'll take that job for that salary. <laughs> yeah, I will too. So it'll be interesting to see what winds up happening. We'll keep an eye on it. Got a lot. Obviously. The offs now the real football off season is here. Uh, the the college off season started earlier for the Gators than some others because they weren't playing at a bowl. Then the college off season started for some that weren't in the playoffs. Then the college off season started for everybody when the season ended. Then the NFL off season started for some earlier because they didn't make the playoffs. Well, now it's everybody. Now now we have no one is playing football. The football the football off season is here. So and and again it's it's a gigantic off season for. I mean, nowadays, every offseason is big for everybody. You know, I mean, every, every offseason matters now to everybody. But it, it is a gigantic offseason. But some started it off better than others as far as college is concerned because yeah. of the transfer portal. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it'll be, it'll be very – you're, you're right what you said. His best chance, Hayes, is for DJ Lagway to come play and to wow because the best way to keep your job is to be super close to Lagway, which he is, because Lagway ain't staying. No. Okay, so so for, for everybody that wants to see Billy Napier fired, listen to me when I tell you this. Lagway's not staying if he's fired. And, and in today's age of the portal, you think anybody will want him? You think, you think there will be any suitors? I'm going I'm to go out on a limb and say he's going to be a, a very a richer man than he was uh, <laughs> Correct. Than he is Correct. as we speak today. Yeah, so, so again, for, for, I'll, I'll say it again. For all the people, all the people that want to see Billy Napier fired, DJ Lagway is gone. I'm a and I say that like I know. I feel about a hundred percent on that one. Yeah, I I can't imagine he would stick around. And again, he's got to be special, and we'll see. I mean, the way it's gone, I mean, with Napier, he'll you know probably be you know a, a complete bust. But if he's uh, if he's special, yeah. then Billy Napier has a chance to save this thing. We'll see. How how much do you think the vibe will change after the orange and blue game if people get to see some wow moments from Lagway? Oh, substantially. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I I, I listen. The beauty of spring games is everybody's going to be good after the spring game. That yeah. that's 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 except Florida last year. I would I would well, honestly, that's right. Good point. I would give Graham Mertz five snaps in that game. Yeah. And three of them would be handoffs. Yeah. And then I'd sit him down, and I would tell that complete moron <laughs> defensive coordinator that if he blitzes one time, I'm going to cut his arm off. And I would let DJ uh, Lagway go to work for right. about 600 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. If well, you touch well, him, not well, just blitz well, him, I'll well, cut well, him. Well, he he's probably not going to play for both teams, Lagway. So I think the way – let them both play. But to your point, to your second point, blitz nobody. You know, here's the defense I'm running. I'm going to rush one. Yeah. I'm going to rush one guy. Right. Okay. And I'm going to and I'm going to quintuple team him, and I'm going to throw for 600. I'm both on. I'm both throw for 600 yards. That's yeah. what you want. Should so. we really put flags on quarterbacks in spring games? Well, they almost do. Yeah. They, they kind of do. They're in non-contact. Yeah, but sure. Why not? Just yeah. 
double up yeah. on the safety. That's right. I'm going to rush one. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to rush one except for the times that I right. drop him in zone blitz coverage. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting defense Florida playing the spring game. They rushed zero. It was right. a zero. Yeah. It's not cover zero, rush zero. That, that spring game needs to be 91 to 89. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. Then right. Lane Kiffin can't tweet about it. All right. Lauren, you got, are you going to get dinner on your drive back to the station? I yeah. might go get it at the concession. You know what? Yeah. That's what you ought to do. We have great concessions here. We hope you do. Enjoy your hour of driving. I usually say your hour off. Enjoy your hour of driving back <laughs> to the station. Appreciate it. Uh, Denny Thompson will join we'll us. We'll wave. We'll see you. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, you'll hear me and see me. Uh, Denny Thompson joins us. We'll talk quarterbacks from the Super Bowl and more after this. One hour to go. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Home game for the uh, whisperer. It lives, is. Lives right nearby. You, you, you come here a lot to train on the football field here, right? My son. Yeah, my yeah. son comes over here and sprints like three or four times a week. Yeah. I watch him sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll come out here and sprint. But, man, I, listen, I'm going to start this off, and I'm just going to give you glowing reviews because this is unbelievable, Frank. This is um, – as somebody who knows how hard this is to pull off, uh, this is amazing, dude. The, the, this city has been searching for this for – 20 years, and uh, what you've pulled off here, man, is unbelievable. I, this is this is bucket list stuff to me. I appreciate it. It, it really is. And it's a city park, How do we, but we certainly were, we were honored and, and to be I, involved in it. And I know you're going to give the city credit, yeah. and you get credit, but listen, man, there's it always takes an idea guy, yeah. and it always takes somebody to kind of lead this thing. And y'all can do this segment. I'm going to sit over here and watch Trinity play. <laughs> y'all let me know if y'all yeah. need me to chime in. I'm going to wonder how many – Cuts it would take Hayes to hit this uh, Bishop Snyder pitcher yeah, over here. Oh, yeah, uh, 179. Yeah, yeah. you know what? We'd both, I'm gonna go eventually, the over. I'll throw think, the bat at uh, here's it. What I think. Just like, here's what I think. I think we'd all three be up there flailing <laughs> for a while. I think I'd be, it'd be, it'd be a wild flail. I, I told I told Danny this during the break. The I'm watching this Trinity team out there, and honest to God, every guy out there to me, and I'm not around high school athletes, you are because you train them. They all look 6'2", 205, and ripped, don't they? Yeah. No, it's – listen. That's today's athlete, I guess. I, it's, it's, uh, I you're get, not surprised by it. I no, am. I, I, it's so funny because I get parents, and if parents, if you're listening, I apologize, but they'll tell me about their kid, and their kid's great, fantastic, yeah. but the reality is he's six foot 180, and yeah. that's a good-sized kid for most people. But, man, I mean, every day in that facility, we've got 6'5", 230, and yeah. they're 17 yeah. years old. It's just – it's amazing – how big the guys are and how much work they put into this. These guys aren't big by accident. You can tell by the way they're built. Yeah, you can. These guys have done some squats. Yeah, they have. <laughs> Every one of them. Yeah. Every one of these Trinity guys, you really can. Yep. So, thank you for your kind comments. No, this is awesome, Frank. We're very, yep. very proud of the part. Give me a key to the lights and let's roll. <laughs> you got it. You got it. It's actually a code and I'll give it to you. So, there you go. How did he get the lights off? Frank gave him the code. The, uh, um, uh, the Super Bowl was magnificent. Yeah, magnificent. It was. Uh, I'll get to Mahomes in a minute. Let's start with your guy, Brock Purdy. Thought he played well. How did you feel? You watched. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I thought both defenses really flexed. Yeah. Um, I thought both offenses did a really good job against both defenses. And in fact, the play that Kelsey kind of, well, the the play that made the game was I, in my estimation, the only play that San Francisco just man upped him by themselves. And you saw it coming out of the huddle, and it was interesting because I was thinking about this since then. Andy Reid, this is my prediction, I don't know, but Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and crew, that whole crew, spent the entire game trying to figure out 
how to get Travis Kelsey one-on-one. And Mahomes is just good enough that he realized when he was. And if you're watching that game, probably most of you went, "Uh uh-oh, like what's going on down here? And the next thing you know, um, uh, Kelsey's going, what, 40-something yards? And that to me is high-level football. You don't get impatient. You don't force anything. You just stay with the formations. You stay with the motions. And you just see where's their weakness. And it may come with two minutes left in the game. But it's, it's, it's there at some point, and I thought both teams were patient looking for that. And I thought it was a good step for, for Brock Purdy. I mean, turnover free, and, uh, and, it, and, you know, San Francisco, I thought, I mean, if it was a seven-game series, I'd probably I'd pick the Chiefs, but I'd probably pick them in seven. Yeah, you'd pick uh, Mahomes. Yeah, because I'd pick Mahomes. That's right, but, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, mean I, th- I thought that they had control of the game, and, uh, and I thought Brock Purdy was – good with the football I thought he played like a really gritty game a really smart game um I I listen if you still have doubts about Brock I think you probably just need to listen to his teammates and listen to what Kansas City had to say I think this guy is a is going to be a staple top I'll be nice and say top seven I want to say top five but I'm gonna be nice and say top seven the breeze comparisons really were a lot of the post game from the Kansas City side yeah that, do you see that a Absolutely, lot of Drew Brees' yeah. game in Brock Purdy? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. It's, it's interesting, man. It's it's uh, we've got Austin Reed here in town, and he's so similar to what Brock was when he was in town. There's just that thing that you can't put your finger on, and I think it's easy to go, "Hey, he's this guy because of his height," and but he's athletic, y'all. He's super athletic. We, he's we really saw smart. That. Yeah, he's twitchy. You, you saw that in the Lions game. But the thing that I notice is when you're around these guys, it's just that. There's something about them that give you confidence, right? It's, okay, they're not doing it technically the way I love it, but they know what they're doing. And and it may look a little different uh, than other people doing it, but it's effective, and, and, and it doesn't take long for people to get on board with that. Now let's get to the other guy. Man. Man. Pretty that, amazing. Listen, I mean, that, how, does he, how does he keep – how does he keep – how does he keep every time you think you've seen it all, he does something else? He's got just, like I said earlier, he, he's so patient. And most gunslingers aren't. But he is so is well patient said. and uh, knows exactly what you're trying to do. And then every now and then he sprinkles in a throw like <laughs> like the one across the field that's just – I mean, I've got chill bumps thinking about that throw. That, that is maybe the best throw I've ever seen in my life. Um, he's rolling left sets and throws the ball 60-something yards in stride to the right with two guys with two, two guys two guys there it, it's it's un, when it happened my mouth just dropped yeah. it, it's unbelievable and so it's it's like he's got that perfect mixture of he's got Brett Favre when he needs him but he's got Tom Brady Peyton Manning when he needs that too and it's man it's hard to think about how you stop that yeah and, and he's got Brett Favre when he needs it he's got Tom Brady when he needs it and there's a little bit of Lamar in there when he needs it that's the thing too maybe maybe, maybe know? he's Maybe the best compliment we can give him is he's just Patrick Mahomes yeah, and yeah, all those other right. guys. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. like redefining what this yeah. thing looks like, and yeah. um, it's fun to watch. I, I, it stinks for us because back to back years we've had guys get beat in the Super Bowl by him. Right, right. Yeah, but I hear you. I, hear you. I, I tell my son this all the time. I, I want to watch this for the next ten years. Yeah, it's, that's it's right. special to watch. You think he'll be the greatest to ever do it? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I think he has now just hit a level where he's, uh, he's, he's coordinating, he's managing, he's making plays. He just gets it, man. He is He's running the game for them. And, and Andy Reid's special, too. I mean, every now and then you get that thing, right, where it's we hope we have it with Peterson and Trevor. You hope you have it to where these two guys are on the same page at a level where come the fourth quarter, if they're within a score, they're going to figure it out. And you got the confidence. Everybody in the building knew they were going to figure it out. 
So let me ask you this, because Hazen made the point, and you just did too, about the best ever. So as you train quarterback, how long have you done this? How long have you trained quarterback? Since I don't know, two thousand six. Okay, okay. So like you've that. you've trained quarterbacks for a long for, time. Yeah, almost twenty years. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. so, so to be a great quarterback forever, not forever, but since the in the early eighties when the passing, you know, revelation came around, the Elway Marino blah blah mm-hmm. blah. For the first twenty years, the twenty five years of that, thirty years of that, athleticism wasn't in play. You needed to move around the pocket. You needed to have pocket presence. You needed to step up. But the ability to, to be athletic, twitchy, run, you didn't need. Now you have to have it. So, Denny, mm-hmm. I would think it's even harder now, right, to, yeah. to, to be all of that because now there's now one more component you have to have. Am I reading? I mean, well, yeah, no, you're right. I keep going back to this. I know people get tired of hearing it, but yeah. the rules are so different too. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and I think it, it gives these guys the opportunity because back then you had to make the decision if you were going to throw right away or somebody was going to get hurt. Right, right, I mean, right. there was no rules against the receivers, yeah, right? Yeah, good point, good point. Now they, they're protected a little bit more so they can float around. But I, here's, here's my honest opinion. It takes us right back here. All those guys you just named have one thing in common. It all started on a baseball field. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's Pat, Patrick Mahomes got his arm not on a football Great field, point. on a baseball field. Great and, point. And, and I love what I do for a living. Um, but if Patrick Mahomes, just like Anthony Richardson, came to my facility, that guy was, was made by somebody else. That, nobody has anything to do with that but him and God and hard work. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. He played the right sports. He's got the right genetics. And he put a ton of work in and learned the game. And, and now look at him. He played basketball. He played baseball. He played so, football. Like, pay attention, guys. Pay attention. It's not. It's not always just one sport. So what's? Well, I so agree with that. I, t- I told you. I told you my Chris Winkie story. Yep. He is. He is. The thing that made him angriest in the world was kids that only played one sport, including f- football. So what's next from Mahomes? What, what, he's only twenty-eight. What, what can he get better at? Because it doesn't seem like there's anything he doesn't. He's not already really good at. <laughs> he's figuring this stuff out. I, it, it's. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, yeah. I, I would have to really dig yeah, deep yeah, yeah. for that answer. I think what's obvious for the Chiefs is they they need to find that number one guy because for a long period of that game, uh, that game was controlled by San Francisco's ability to contain nobody Kelsey. Was, nobody was open. Yeah, I mean, once they took away Kelsey, it yeah, was yeah. it was a wrap. So I think that's more on on Kansas City. But uh, but man, I you just won a Super Bowl with with not even close to your best 11 offensively. Now, that defense is legit. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe he's so good that if you have a defense that can keep the other team under 30, he's going to win you football games. You mentioned Anthony Richardson. There's good video of him today throwing uh, for, I guess, the first time uh, since uh, uh, the surgery. What what will be the process for Anthony? Do you worry about fundamentals when a quarterback's had a, a shoulder injury? Is there a, a process they have to go through? to get back to where they are, or is it pretty much as soon as they're medically clear, yeah, well, that stuff comes back so fast? Yeah, no, there's a process. There's definitely a process. And I, I, I wasn't there today. I don't know if he, he posted something yesterday that was old. I don't know if that's Oh, the, then maybe that's what I said. Yeah, and the only reason why I know it was old because I was in it, and I wasn't there yesterday. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> is he in town? He's, yeah. He, if he didn't throw, I don't know the answer if he did today or not. But right. if he did, it's soon. He's very soon. But there is a – there's a pro- – Here we go. <laughs> baseball. Baseball incoming. They're, they're firing at Carline. They fired a softball at him before another firing a baseball at him. Um, yeah, there definitely is a process that, that we – like Tom Gormelli, we're so lucky that he's walked through that with him since the surgery. And I mean, I think you get different times of the year, and I don't want to speak out of my lane here, but there's no rush yeah. at this point. I mean, there's 
really not a rush. Anthony has done an amazing job. He looks physically better than he has ever looked in his life. Um, the offseason ended, and for him, he was ready to work. And so he's been here the last couple of weeks working hard. And, and if he hasn't already thrown, I know it's, it's soon. We've been dealing with some other real-life stuff outside of uh, football at the Thompson House. Yeah, I know you have, and, uh, and, uh, and you're in our prayers, as I know you no, know I appreciate that, too. that. So we'll yeah. take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of your guys, some of the young guys, uh, not just your guys, some of the young guys as they take the next step. Uh, one more segment with Denny. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Danny loves the field so much, even the the song doesn't bother him now. No, 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 he's in bliss. This cat is throwing some junk up here now. Yeah, he is. Like, these guys are swinging and just no clue where this ball's at. <laughs> yeah, talk. y'all keep talking. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Denny, the quarterback whisperer is here. Uh, one more segment today with Denny. All right, let, let's. So I'm going to go through. I'm going to rapid fire some guys. I am, and I'm not saying it because I'm the voice of the team or because I'm trying to be positive, nice guys. Just my honest opinion. I'm still all in on 16. I think Trevor Lawrence. I think he played with a knee and with a shoulder and with an ankle and with a concussion and with a bad line. And but what do you want to see Trevor do differently, differently or better? Uh, I'm still all – I'm with you. I'm all in, too. But I will be honest, like, you, when you go one and five in December. Yeah, yeah. You're part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I that's, agree with that. You're, you're, you're part of it. Yeah, and that's – I think that's the thing for him is is just kind of learning what, what that next level for him is. There's mechanics. There's all that kind of stuff. But on the surface, it looks more to me like this is a uh, – like, we got to get on the same page with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to – if we're going to mess up, let's 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 fix it. Let's not still be messing up on routes week 14, 15, 16. And I think a lot of that has to do with the offseason. I mean, it's easy to call a play as a coach. But then when the defense lines up, there's adjustments to that. And if, if you're, as a quarterback, you don't know what your receiver, how he likes to run that route, or let me flip that. If he doesn't know how you like him to run that route, um, then at times two yards is, is a long way in the NFL. A guy that runs a 13-yard route instead of 11-yard route will be unemployed very, very quickly. Even to the point where if you come out to our draft prep, and and this isn't even for anything. This is just normal everyday thing. If we say run a nine-yard route and they run 11, they're getting cussed out by a quarterback, right? So it's that important. So I think for him it's just that next step for him is let me take this whole franchise over. I Listen, we're going to Hawaii. We're going to Miami. Whatever it is, we're going for a week, and we're going to figure this stuff out with all the receivers on my dime, whatever that looks like. I think that's the step for him because he's made some big steps mechanically the last couple of years. He really has. And his arm arm talent is unquestioned. He's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. All this stuff should add up to some wins. You mentioned Austin Reed in the last segment. Um, the combine invitations were sent out today. He's going. Uh, what what kind of goes into that in terms of how do you find out what teams Austin is going to meet with? I uh, kind of what the the few days will look like that he's there and just what an opportunity for yeah him. huge he he really he had a great week at the shrine bowl um and so several teams met with him multiple times right and so i would anticipate some of those same teams circle back around in in indy um but you know that you guys have been you, you know it everybody is in indy that week and people love to meet people love to have meetings and eat in indy for one week <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's one of those things where see, you're going to have three dinners and it's going to be three three different teams and 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 they're going to act like they like you and you got to kind of decipher 
who's real, who's not, and then you just kind of wait. It's, it's a brutal game for a guy like Austin because in one hand you can see Austin going in the fourth round. The other hand you can see him in a priority free agent. And there's nothing that he can do about that. It all depends on run of quarterbacks and what other people need. Jordan Travis, is he here yet? What's he doing? What's the plan? Yeah, I don't think he's here yet. I think he's he's still uh, doing his his rehab stuff. He's still um, you know trying to get healthy down south. Okay. Um, and so I, he's he's not quite here yet. I think for him, like that's the nobody needs to run a forty. Nobody needs to do anything like that. He just needs to be healthy. I think he's got enough tape that. If he can just show he's healthy and he'll be ready come training camp, I think somebody will probably give him a chance. What is he? What is, what is he? Where, 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 where would you mock him? Where would you mock him healthy? If, uh, healthy, I'd say third. Third round? Uh, early third. Yeah. So I would say with this, I think I think there's going to be a club that believes he's going to be fine medically. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think he's dinged all that much. I'll say he ends up going late third and maybe a little bit of a surprise. But I, I think he's gonna. I think he's got a chance to be really, really good in the NFL. I think if you're, and I don't know their backup quarterback situations of any of these teams, but I think if you look around the league and you look at Baltimore and you look at Philadelphia and you look at some of those other teams, just the worst case scenario of having a quarterback that can run the same offense that your quarterback's currently running, I think is a very attractive thing for people. And if he's healthy, he's shown enough on film that you got to feel comfortable that he can do that. I would like him in Arizona, yeah. you know, behind Kyler, who may not work out. And, you know, I, I think that that's not overly sizzling. You know, if you're an FSU fan, you're like, well, I don't want to play for the Arizona Car. I want to be able to right. see him on. But, I mean, I think that'd be a good spot, too, because of, of what they do with Kyler Murray. And you're not really sure if Kyler Murray is going to be there. Yeah, he's you – know, I think it's a tough thing because he's done enough. I mean, he was going to win a Heisman maybe if he'd have stayed healthy, right? He's done enough to where – he has shown the juice to play in the NFL, but the reality of the situation is I don't think that he's going to go high enough to where somebody's going, hey, we're drafting the future. So you do have to play a complementary role, and, you, and you, you hope to find yourself in, you know, I don't know, Vegas, New Orleans, somewhere like that where there is a, a competition to be had in the future, and, and then you just kind of build and look for your opportunity from there. But he's certainly, certainly capable of having a long career on Sundays, that's for sure. Take me through uh, Gardner Minshew's offseason now. Obviously, free agency. How does it work? Uh, any gut? Too early? Yeah, too early on that. I, I think we tried to play that game last year, and it, yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, you end you. up just talking about it so much that you just get kind of fatigued. So he and I have talked a couple times in the last couple of weeks, and any time it comes up, if I mention it, he's like, shh. If he mentions it, I'm like, no, we're not talking about it. We're yeah. just working. Um, we're going to trust that God's got a better plan, and, and it's going to work out. And so he uh, – this week, he's starting down in Naples, and I'll join them uh, some next week, a couple days next week. And then, you know, for me, life is, for the next few months, is Athens, Naples, mm-hmm. um, Auburn, Tallahassee, Miami uh, is on a pretty regular basis. Oh, so wow. that's, yeah, now, now through thought, July. That, that sounds like fun. It's not a bad gig if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, no so, doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, looking at uh, some of the other quarterbacks that are uh, headed to the combine, anybody that – you think is going to nail the process somebody that maybe isn't in that top tier of of Caleb and Drake and well Jaden I think it's interesting I don't have the numbers in front of me but I heard somebody say maybe Austin told me that there was only 14 quarterbacks invited to the combine this year which last year they ran two groups that I want to say were there were 14 or 15 people in each group Mm -hmm. right so I don't know I think this is interesting because there's a lot of guys when you look at this class like Michael Pratt yeah who a year ago people were talking about was a first-rounder, and I haven't heard anything about Michael Pratt. Uh, guys like uh, Sam Hartman, 
Like, you don't hear anything about these guys. They will sneak back into the picture in Indianapolis with a couple good interviews and a good showing. And then I think you got guys that like J.J. McCarthy, who who had uh, who from what I've heard is going to put on an absolute clinic at at the uh, at the combine. So I would be looking for those. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in Bo Nix's corner a little bit because I I just believe if we're talking about the combine, what are you gonna hold against that kid? What what I mean, he's athletic, he's an accurate passer, he's got a good arm, and my gosh, he's got a ton of film. And so a lot of the same things that we're saying about Austin, you, you've got that with Bo Nix, but he's also going to go out there and he's going to run a 4.5 or a 4.6, yeah. and he's going to jump 34-35. He's going to be an explosive athlete. i got to tell you, you mentioned Pratt and Hartman because we heard a lot about him in the offseason. Watching them just during their college season, I was underwhelmed by their – I mean, I thought they were – they were, you know, Mertz, same guy. I mean, they're good, smart quarterbacks. But I, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't know that any of them, like Bo Nix has got a gun. Yeah. Bo Nix is athletic. I mean, Michael Penix is really, you know, they were there's difference between those guys and these other guys we heard a lot about, I, just to and my that, eye. To that my highlights, eye. too, how hard this thing is for these NFL teams. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. It, it's Joe Milton is, if you were going to draw a quarterback, yeah. I mean, you would draw Joe. I've watched him warm up against Georgia at Tennessee, and, my gosh. I mean, it was. I was like I am out here. I just yeah. love to see people throw things. And this guy was so much fun to warm up. But what is it? Like, I mean, he's got every trait that Anthony Richardson has physically, but you, they don't have the buzz that Anthony Richardson has. No. Right? No. So so there's things, but he can throw a ball like Anthony Richardson can. Right. These guys are so good, and I know we, we say they're not, but these guys are so good at finding those little traits, identifying them early. So when you hear of a guy early, if you hear like Pratt yeah. early, NFL saying this about him, Usually that works out, but it doesn't. That's why I'm saying I think some of these guys are going to come back around. It doesn't seem like it's going to this year. It did last year. Look, it did, man, the guys that they that I heard before the season were going in the first round. You know what happened? They went in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll tell you this: about everybody in the off season wanted to compare Milton to Anthony Richardson, six four, runs 100 miles an hour, can throw it from here to Macon, and and all that is true. But for all the things Anthony Richardson didn't do at Florida, he took over games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took over some games. Yeah. yeah. And Joe Milton didn't take over games. No. There, there, there was no – as far as a football player, not, not a tester, no. as far as a football player, there was no comparison between those two guys. Yeah, you guys got a chance to sit down with Anthony at, at yeah. SEC Media yeah, Days yeah. before everybody got to see him. And yeah. it, I tell people this all the time. I was like, you, you sit with him, man, and you just – you can feel a difference. You feel a difference between him and everybody else. Um, He's got a presence to him. And I think that's a big part of this. I I think when we go into Indianapolis in a couple weeks, that's the strength of Austin Reed to get back to that is when he walks in that room, y'all, that that room lights up. The temperature goes up. And it's just – it's always been that way. I've got – I'm going to wait for him. He's going to come on in a couple weeks with me. Good. I'd love to have you. And I'm going to wait to tell a story until then. But but I remember the day that we identified Austin as a pro prospect. Yeah. And he was shocked that day, and he even told me that day. He's like, are you sure? And now we're here, and largely, yes, he's gifted physically. It was him walking in that facility during COVID with guys like Gardner Minshew and Josh Dobbs and Mac Jones and Carson Beck. And when he walked in, everybody went up. When he walked in, every single person got better. They didn't rise to his level. He makes them rise to the highest level they can go. And, man, that's rare. I look forward to meeting him. Final thing I do want to ask you about, Anthony Richardson. We talked – well, we, we have other times we'll have you on. We've talked a lot about Carson Beck and your college yeah. guys. Let's talk about the pro guys. So, Anthony Richardson now. 
Uh, I would say, obviously a wonderful kid and an immense talent. He's got to prove he can stay on the field. Yep. I, th- I think that's number one. Mm-hmm. I, I almost get the impression that some of the other stuff, the accuracy um, will come. I, I th- the only question I think I've got left for him is can he stay healthy? Yeah. And I, and I think that's a fair question. And is there anything you can do? Is it just a luck of the draw, Denny? Is it what's your read on that? Yeah, there's things you can do. I mean, it, when you're six four and three quarters and two fifty, you're you're pretty big. There's right? muscles so I, there's, to pull. That's yeah, right. That's yeah, a, I mean, it's soft tissue. This this yes. year wasn't so much that, but there's things you can do that that are being done in training, um, flexibility wise. And yeah, we saw it with Mahomes this year. Some of the the ways his body kind of contorted. And I, I would say that's probably. The biggest training difference these days, and even ten years ago, is these these um, these PTs like Tom are so involved with injury prevention now yeah, instead yeah. of just retreating this injury. So I think as he gets older, he will get that. I, you know, I referenced that Mahomes throw last segment. He can make that throw, no question. And there's not well, there's many no doubting people. that stuff. Yeah, there's not there's not many people though. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably can count on. Three yeah. fingers who yeah. can make that throw? Yeah, there's a reason you go fourth overall. That's right. Yep. There, there's is because you're a handful of guys that can make. Yeah, as far as the make that blank, fill in the blank throw. Yeah. Well, there's no problem there. No, it doesn't none. matter what the fill in the blank is. Mm-hmm. There's no problem. And he's gotten a lot more accurate. I mean, just through the yeah. the whenever you get to spend three months working on nothing but your mechanics, yeah. like, like they do coming out of college, it's the only time in their life they get to do it. Right. You just get more accurate because even if we're wrong, you're doing the same thing over and over again, right? right. It's, it's right. You're setting a pattern. So I'm, I am so excited. I'm, I'm as excited for next football season as I've ever been for any season, not just because of our guys, but I think college football is getting ready to take a big jump in a way. I'm a traditionalist, but I love where it's going. Yeah. The NFL's pulling numbers right now like it has never yeah, it pulled before. And it's right. just getting better and better. So I'm in the right business at the right time, fellas. Yeah. Danny Thompson, the quarterback whisperers. We'll see you next week. Danny, thank thanks, you. Buddy. Thank you. Back in a moment to wrap the program. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time now for the Sky Life Elite Take Flight Moment of the Week. Sky Life Elite, North Florida's premier private air charter. Pajemski has it. Here come the screens. Curry comes free. Gets the ball. Puts up a three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry nails the three-pointer with seven-tenths of a second remaining. More Curry chaos. His ninth three-pointer. He's got 30 points. I mean, the wherewithal to make the catch under this kind of a pass and be on balance and uh, come on Mike it was one of the most amazing things I saw this weekend and uh, Steph Curry has done a lot of amazing things on a basketball court but his game winner to beat Phoenix 113 to 112 was a perfect uh, take flight moment and uh, Curry now with 3,631 three-pointers in his NBA career. The 35-year-old dazzled us again. And, uh, again, Skylife Elite, that's who you need to call uh, if you're looking to uh, upgrade your, your air adventures, get away from layovers, unruly passengers, uh, and all that stuff that we don't like about commercial air travel. Mm. Give our friends at Skylife Elite a call at 490 490- 9332. You can also find them at flyskylife.com. Yeah, the uh, by the way, if you want to fly, and again, we've tried to tell you this, it's so much more affordable than you can think. So if you want to travel somewhere, 
really give Skylife a lead a call. You'll you'll be saying, I never thought I'd have my own. I could really rent a charter flight. Yeah. So uh, so you really can do that. Um, that's what you do if you want to fly. What do I do if I want to hear more NBA? Like on a Sunday? I know. Where, where would I we go? We need a guy. Where would you recommend? I'd recommend RJ. RJ, what's coming up this week, bro? What we got? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the basketball show for the basketball fan, it's open gym on Sundays at 11 o'clock. Um, looking to have a another amazing show. I'm going to talk about the Orlando Magic schedule at the second half of the season. Also going to talk about some of the great Orlando Magic all-star moments since Paulo Bancaro's been named an NBA all-star. And uh, we may have to go out to Los Angeles and talk with Mike Tridell, the sideline reporter of the Los Angeles Lakers, to get all the news and notes there on the second half of the year. Can lightning strike twice? And can this go from a play-in team to a team that goes to the Western Conference Finals or further? And we'll discuss all that with Mike Tridell on Sunday. Five greatest Magic players ever. Shaq, Dwight Howard, Penny. Penny. That's three. Where, where am I going? The Nick Anderson? Jeff or? Turner. <laughs> Who's four, RJ? If, if we go Shaq, if we go Shaq. Ponchero Dwight, might be four. What so, you know, I mean, my Shaq, four. Shaq, Dwight Howard, and Penny are three. Not yeah. Nick Anderson? He's not up there? So my four has been, and I talked with Dante Marcatelli about this as well, um, he agrees that the four are Shaq, Dwight, Penny, McGrady. Oh, McGrady. That's and right. he says okay. there's there's an arg there's a, several guys you can put at number five. You know, he brought names like Dwight. Uh, well, not Dwight. I'm sorry, uh, Daryl Armstrong. He he said Hedo Turkoglu you could sprinkle in there. Nick Anderson you can sprinkle in there. Um, so he said there's a lot of names that you can put there. He said, but five five is difficult. If Tim Duncan would have came to the Magic, maybe you'd been five. Nick Anderson for me. Yeah. Bonchero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time I know it's, it's early. Over, by the time it's over, yeah, right. So, so, so they, all right, very good. The uh, RJ, I was looking at the uh, stats today because I, you got me thinking on your show about, you know, is 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 the scoring a little out of whack with guys going for seventy, and is is that going to lose any luster? I was surprised. There are forty eight players right now averaging at least twenty points uh, in the NBA. Does that seem high to you? Oh, yeah, that's incredibly high. Um, yeah, it, it, the interview that I had last week with uh, Kurt Heelan, he did say that, you know, it seems like the Rules and Competition Committee for the NBA is is probably going to look at this after the season and say, you know, can we allow defensive players to get away with just a little bit more um, than we have in previous years? No, we don't want it to be the Knicks versus the Indiana Pacers where those were wrestling matches, but mm-hmm. should we make it to where not everything is a foul and guys are going to the line, you know, 10 to 15 times a night and they're able to manipulate the referees and the defense. So it is definitely going to be interesting to see just kind of how that goes uh, this offseason. Yeah, I, uh, it'll be fun to watch. No question about it. All right, we're almost out of time. We've got a few minutes left to go in the program. Um, let's think about this the other day. Players' championship's almost here. I know. It's getting close. Isn't, isn't it great? I mean, the play, yeah. I mean we, are, we are an eyelash from the Players', I'm, the players championship. I, I I needed to get through the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and pitchers and catchers, and we'll talk more about that because I'm excited about baseball. And March Madness. But, I mean, the March Madness, the players. I, I Man, oh, man. I, I, again, I can't get in players' vibe mm-hmm. until the until we get through. Uh, by the way, Lee Smith will be out here with us tomorrow. Yeah. But I can't get in players' vibe until the Super Bowl's over. Now, I'm, I'm excited about it because of all the guff that's going on in golf right now, we still have the players. Mm-hmm. You know, of all the stuff that's wrong with golf, PIF and live and what are they going to do and how is it going to play out, the players is the, ma- the magic of sawgrass. And, the, and you know what? 17 is magical. You know, people say, oh, let's talk about the other holes. Well, let's talk about 17 because yeah. that's the magical hole. 
and that's what makes that event magical. And those last three days, those last three holes, I, I'm getting kind of geeked up a little. I really am. I am too. I think Justin Thomas is going to win it. You do? Yeah, I think it's. You're not kidding. You really do. I really do. I think he's going to have. You know, he's won it before, so that's. Yeah, yeah. But he he's been in a slump. I think he's working his way out of it, and I think Justin Thomas is going to win the Players Championship. I would love somebody like that, a guy. <laughs> Gosh, how young are players now? We start talking about Justin Thomas, one of the old guys. But, yeah, but, but, but it's certainly true, one right? of the established guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would love it to be an established. It was great that Scheffler won because mm-hmm. he's the best player in the world or he and Rom are the two best players in the world. But uh, but wouldn't that be great? I'd love to see Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is a nice guy. I can remember one time he had, I think he had missed a cut, and we saw him uh, Friday night. Suzanne Everett Aqua Grill, he was just he there, and he was there with a date or wife or whoever mm-hmm. it was. It was years ago. I don't know if he was married by them, but it was – and could not have been nice to everybody. It was just friendly and nice to everybody. Say, so, yeah, I wouldn't mind the Alabama boy winning. But I, but I am. I'm excited about that. It, this is an interesting time of year because uh, obviously we're out here at our walk-off charities, high school baseball and softball classic, which means high school baseball and college baseball are starting. Uh, college baseball starts this weekend. You know, college baseball is underway, you know, which is exciting. Uh, uh, JU, UNF, Florida, Florida State, they all play this weekend, which is obviously very exciting stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the players around the corner, March Madness around the corner. It's almost like there's football season, and then there's the other season. Yeah, you know, you know, and it's all even for me, a baseball guy. It's all football and everything else. Mm-hmm. It kind of wraps into it. Yeah, the year really is split in half for me, for sure. Uh, from you know late because I I love training camp. So like late July. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm I'm gold. I'm gold from late July until early February. And then the other six months is kind of a slog for me as a sports fan. I, it's for me, it's more uh, quick uh, bursts of things I love. I love uh, champion high championship level golf. Uh, so obviously, you get you know five really big events there with the players and uh, the the four majors. I love March Madness, so that gives you uh, two or three great weekends there. Uh, but it's like, and, and, and to your point earlier, football does stay, you know, you, you do have free agency. That's an incredible right. few days of content. You have the NFL draft, which is obviously uh, a marquee event for me. It's not a game being yeah. played. We'll but, be at the combine. Um, we'll be there, which will be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's enough. And then we've talked about this. Then you get in the summer and. That's when it's time to go to the Turks and Caicos. <laughs> That's exactly right. So it comes up in just a bit. Uh, Rick Ballou will join us in just a moment. Uh, one thing we have talked about uh, is, is the, certainly the college basketball realm. If Florida wins tonight, and I think they're going to against LSU, and wins Saturday, and at least right now I think they're going to win at Georgia. They're better than Georgia. So if they win so tonight and all of a sudden then, then you're 18-7 and seven and 8-4. and four. And now all of a sudden you're you're recognized. All of now now you're widely and would you agree? Now you're, you're I would, widely yeah. Recognized. I mean, because again, I mean, you're, a lot of these teams are going to take on losses. If Florida goes two and zero this week with wins at home tonight against LSU and then at Georgia, neither one of those wins are, are significant. Uh, but there's going to be losses happening around Florida. Uh, and yeah, I mean, really, the narrative is has changed for the Gators. It's not can they make the tournament. Well, that. They're in the tournament. They're going to have to play really poorly to play their way out of it. But now I think if, if you're Florida, I mean, a 6-2 and two finish in their final eight going into the SEC tournament I think is attainable for them. That would be, you know, probably splitting against Alabama, losing at South Carolina, 
and then holding serve with the uh, uh, that's re- that's five realistic. games that they have. That's realistic. That uh, remaining that against poor competition. So I think you know something like that. If if they go six and two, that, I think they've got a chance them, to get to like the six. Is that line. twenty? Is that twenty two wins? In, in yeah, the, I mean, yeah, yeah. And so uh, and that would be big for Florida if they could get to the six seed. I don't think they can go any higher than that. And certainly, you can make an argument that being a five seed is uh, sometimes yeah. not a lot of fun with that five twelve dreaded matchup. But I think they can get to the six, and you're playing an eleven. Might be playing a, a playing game, uh, so somebody that was playing, you know, two nights before. And even if you don't, uh, you get the win. Yeah, you're playing in all likelihood a three seed, and uh, that's a that's a really good team, but it's not one of the elites. So I think now for Florida, you look at the projections. They're right in that 8-9 window now. Uh, I saw one projection that had Florida is the 8 playing St. Mary's the 9. St. Mary's is where Golden went to school. So uh, that would certainly be uh, an interesting matchup for him. And then another one, it was an 8-9, and Florida was playing Michigan State. Uh, So it would be Izzo versus Golden. But just good to see Florida back on that bracket. I mean, it's just been a while, and it was something that I think, you know, as fans we took for granted that, well, Florida always make the NCAA tournament, um, but uh, but it, you know it's it's been a, it's been a few years, so it's exciting to see Florida back in the mix, and certainly they should be able to make a climb, try and try and get to the sixth seed, and see if you can get hot. Yeah, the uh, yeah, because that uh, that eight nine seed's a tough one. It's a tough one. That's a tough one because because uh, you're because it's hard. It's one seeds are hard to beat. Yeah, it's hard to beat the one seed. It, no, no matter what, it's always going to be hard. It's hard. No matter what, it's hard to beat the one seed. Yeah, one projection had them playing. It would have, if assuming they got past. I think it was they got past St. Mary's. They were playing Purdue, and the other one, if they got past uh, Michigan State, they were playing Houston. I mean, so it's yeah tough. I tough told you sledding. before, if you could be, if you don't have to be in the playing game, I'd rather be an eleven, yeah, than a nine. Sure, because I mean, I, I really because because I mean, realistically, the eleven, if you, you, you if you're an eleven. You could beat the six, right? Yeah, you, know, you know, and then you get and the a fourteen th- could beat a three. Yeah, and that, it doesn't right. happen all that but, often. But even, but. but even if you get the three, yeah, if you're playing the three, there's a drop off in my mind. There's a big drop off after the one line, really big drop off after the two line. That means the top eight are gone, right? So you don't have to play at once. The, usually, not every year. Every year is different. But usually, the top six to eight teams are hard to beat. After that, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it's. You can meet somebody, so we'll see. We'll say hello to our friends from Helmets and Heels in just a second. I do want to remind you, we are live out here at the Bregan Baseball Complex. Uh, the uh, the Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball and Softball Tournaments continue along, and we'll continue to update you on those. Let's say hello to Mia. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Man, I think you're coming out here to see this ballpark tomorrow, aren't you? I Another am. Plan? Maybe even do a little uh, little video. Does that work, Frank? Get the word yes. out there. I, I like yes. the sound of that. And, of course, our good friend Lee Smith will be joining us, which, yep. of course, we always are excited for our collaboration with the players as well as walk-off charities. And so, hopefully, great weather on tap for tomorrow. But, yes, very excited to get out there tomorrow. Can't wait to see you out here. What was your uh, main take from the Super Bowl? We haven't visited since. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. Um, yeah, even yeah. when it was 10 nothing and they had eight yards of offense. I mean, you just couldn't shake this feeling of they're going to figure it out. Uh, my favorite commercial was the Michael Sarah one. And listen, <laughs> I, 
I'm not going to say I'm like a Swifty, although many of you would argue that. But like, right. here, here's the reality of it: is she was a machine long before the NFL got involved, and she knows exactly what she's doing. I hope she's following her heart with the whole Travis Kelsey thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise to me that here we are, where the most famous person on planet Earth is getting all the love and attention from the National Football League. Oh, wait for it, perhaps the most prolific, if only in pop culture league in the in the world, with all due respect to the soccer leagues in Europe. I think you're right. I think you're down. What's coming up tonight? What are you doing? Well, speaking of the, the Players' Championship, Miranda Rossum going to join us in studio for the first time as we start okay. counting down to the Players' Championship. I got a chance to go out there yesterday for the Celebrity Charity uh, Shootout, which Jim Furyk won against all odds. I mean, I got to tell you, Josh Scobie and Dee Brown brought it. And then on the final, on the final opportunity, and they mind you, Frank and Hayes, they moved the pin for Jim, so it was tucked away behind that bunker on the island green off to the right, he still was able to drop it two feet from the pin. And so um, just a, a great shot to end it with. And, of course, $50,000 going to the Jim and Tabitha Furyk Foundation, $5,000 going to those other charities as well. And so all the great stuff with the Players' Championship. The momentum is building. And, of course, we are happy to be a part of it here at 1010XL. I can also tell you that Jim and Tabitha were very kind and have continued to be very kind to walk-off charities, too. So they not only do they have a great charity, but they help so many others. So that's the cool stuff. All right, that's all coming up tonight on Helmets and Heels. Thank you, Mia. Appreciate it. And by the way, since I heard you talking about them, uh, plenty of Florida fans aren't happy with me that I ranked South Florida in this week's AP poll, or at least on my ballot, and not the Gators. Win tonight. Take care of business against Mike White. Maybe you'll maybe you'll get a yeah. vote from me on Monday, Gator fans. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all they got to do. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank Mia. you. Mia and Taylor and Lauren, they have Helmets and Heels. That comes up in just a bit. That'll do it for our program. Thanks for being part of it. But don't go anywhere. Helmets and Heels comes up right now. Tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel, and same location. We'll be here at uh, day three of the Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball and Softball Classic. Thanks for joining us. For Hayes, for Lauren, for RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. Have a great night.